Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip, that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ah, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode, I think, 102. 101. 101? Yeah. No, I thought 100 was the uh, Women for Rurals, and then we did a Buckeye wrestle-off preview for 101. 102. 102. (laughs) All right, so as I said. (laughs) My outline says 101 on it. Well, your outline is outdated. (laughs) It is. Uh, So, yeah, episode 102. You know me. I'm Brandon Olinger. Join with me, as always, my man, your man. The number one fan man, Ben, the Law Dog Watson. <laughs> Don't wind up on your back, bro. You know, this is the time of year that we try to get new listeners, and that's not helping us, Ben. Hey, come on now. It's not come helping on now. us. But you know what time of year it is, though, baby. Just because you go see Celine Dion in concert ah, doesn't mean you get to come back and start singing. That was an awesome concert. You loved it? I loved it, dude. It was an was awesome good? concert. But anyways... God, I love this season, this time of year. I do too, but let's get through this intro, oh, okay. and then we can get all geeked out about it. All right. All right, Go so. Ahead. 102. Uh, as I said, the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, the real Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, not oh. these other guys that seem to have created an Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. I guess they didn't know that we, we existed. Yeah. And they made their Twitter handle, uh, the Inside Trip 2. The Inside Trip 2. When we're the Inside Trip 1. Yeah. Hmm. And he was like, uh, well, that's just what they gave me. Well, you know, maybe check the Inside Trip, because the Inside <laughs> Trip is an Australian travel site. Remember that? Yes. We still can't get the Australian travel site to give us it up. They have one Twitter post from, like, 2012. And two followers. Yeah, they won't give, us the, they won't give it up, damn it. That is, that's funny. No, th- those guys, they, th- the guys that, that uh, didn't know. I know. That, uh, their We're just busting their are, balls. No, absolutely. They deserve, they deserve to be busted. Abs- oh, 100%. Um, but uh, they, so there's an Inside Trip Two podcast apparently that, that's out there, and uh, oh, they changed their name. They did. They did. What is it now? I don't remember. Ankle Pit. Ooh, that's uh, a good one. They, I, that, that's my spinoff for when you leave me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Ankle Pit, baby. All right. A- anyway, we're fucking just going off on a tangent. Um, yeah. So we are the Inside Trip. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. You can find us on Facebook. It's the Inside Trip. We got this uh, Instagram out there, the Inside Trip. Oh, God, I really need to use that thing more. As for the podcast itself, you guys know how to find us: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Just go to your favorite podcast catcher, find us. Subscribe to us, download, listen to it, um, and if you guys like, give us a rate and review. We do like those rate and reviews, and if you want to communicate with us, you can do it through direct message through any one of those social media sites, or you can send us an email to the inside trip one at gmail.com. I'm a little pissed off because Sean Andrews, uh, the head coach of Marysville, said a three-star review was coming for us, and he never left it. He didn't even leave us a three star. I think he's already left a rating. Yeah, he did, and it was a. Good you know why he says that? Why? Because your whole f- tangent you went off on about how like 
uh, like a three star review. It's like, oh, what yeah. did you say about it? it no, a three star review is worthless. Like I said, like, it's like, the people that give three like you weren't that good, but I decided to listen I, to the whole thing but anyway. I, but I keep listening. Like yeah, if you give us a two star or three star review, but you're still listening, that's on you because it's your fault because we've done 102 of these apparently, and you're still listening. So. But you know what? I don't care. <laughs> and shout out to Sean Andrews. Good Look, dude. if I'm being honest, we are at best a three star podcast. I give us three and a half stars. I, I, I would. Uh, I, I was going to make a shirt to say two and a half. Here's the reason why. Why? Tell me. We are. We're one and a half. One, one and a half at best. We got some good guests on, though. And those guests are all five star guests. And by that, I mean, like, these are just amazing people, amazing um, participants in the sport. And they really bump our level up. So it's not us. It's doing it. One hundred percent. All right. You know what? I can get down with that. I can absolutely get down with that. Um, so it's been a long time since we've been really doing th- these things on a consistent basis. Um, have we left anything out? No, no. Are we sure? What have you been up to, man? Ah, I, uh, nah. in-laws moving in? Not to, not to my house, but they, yeah, the in-laws moved uh, local, which is great because uh, less travel for me and my wife gets to see her, her mom and. Uh, dad a lot so that's nice um other than that there's my dog going ham bone i don't know you might might hear that if not you don't that's cool um what is new with me dude wrestling season man it is there's just it's just just a difference in like how much time i spend and invest and just constantly scrolling things and i don't know man this new fantasy wrestling league 100 percent. and i was gonna say like i think the biggest aside from being fans of college wrestling the single biggest contributor for how much time we spend just scouring results, watching wrestling on any one of the various, uh, you know, media sites that we have to our, you know, uh, that are available to us now to, to watch them. But it's always fantasy wrestling because we'll spend hours upon hours scouring through stats, scouring through results, looking at free agency, who's available. And this is, I believe, our seventh or eighth year in a row to do a fantasy wrestling league. Want to give a shout out to WrestleStat out there. This is yeah. really the first year that I don't have to score the, the entire season manually. Um, so big shout out to Greg and Dan and WrestleStat and, and the, the 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 fantasy wrestling stuff that they put together. Um, we are on it this year. We are rocking our league through their site. Pumped about it. Can't wait to see how everything shakes out. So I'm it, excited. It was great. It was nice to be able to draft online. It's cool to be able to go to a free agency tab and see who's available instead of me. Ha- we we used to have a. A group me message just for like uh, uh, pickups and drops, Absolutely. ad drops, and you had to take care of it. And we would do ad drops. We were limited to a couple per week just because of how how much work it was. And you'd have to, <laughs> have to text Brandon, "Hey, is this guy still available?" And Brandon would be like, "Not anymore. I'm picking him up." And I'm like, "Damn, it. that is not <laughs> I true. Know, it's not true." But um, it, it's great. The platform for for being a for being kind of a beta tested, like you know, like a first year thing. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, great platform. We had our fantasy draft. You know, there's oh, some online draft yeah. went smooth. Good teams. There's some bad teams. My team's not so good. Uh, thanks, uh, Greg Kirkwood, for deciding not to wrestle this year. We're going to get into that. You big old sack of shit. And uh, I'm sorry, he's a young guy. I shouldn't say that. Don't sit here. I'm just Come mad on. because he was on my. Fantasy How many team. different? Look, not because he's ben, leaving the Buckeyes, but ben. because he was on my fantasy team. <laughs> and you're a guy that wrestled at how many different schools? Not two. And Kyle? Oh, you went to two. Anyways, yeah, yeah, I didn't commit to seven. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so uh, fantasy's great, man. Yeah, so and I, I mean, you know, like you said, man, first year, um, they're testing this thing out. I'm sure they're going to be open to suggestions and thoughts and ideas, and I'm sure it's just going to continue to improve every season. 
I'm, I'm just glad it's here. I, I think everybody everybody has wanted this or wanted something like this. And these, you know, these guys for WrestleStat finally just went out there. They put the time in. And trust me, they have put a lot of time in. And I think a lot of it is manual as well. It's a great site. It's exceeded my expectations for a site for a smaller sport that have fantasy. Tracking and scoring. I agree. I agree, bro. Yeah. 100%. So it's awesome. So and I do like my team. State. I like my team. Yeah, I know you do. I, I liked my team. Give us a rundown. Who you got on your team? Uh, okay, I got uh, Jacob Kamachko at 25. Uh, I had um, who to have at 33, then I realized he was redshirting. Uh, Taylor Lamont. So oh, I, Lamont, yeah. I picked up Jordan Decatur. Uh, that was That's dumb. He won't be on my team for much longer. Kyle Shoop, though. Shoop, dead oop. Then Sammy Sasso, Ooh. Caleb Young, Josh Shields, those are all Americans. Bryce yeah. Stewart, all right. another All American. Hunter Bolin, who I think is going to have a big year, had a great redshirt year. Got Colin Moore. Then I got Kirk Lee as heavyweight. My floaters are Mikey Carr and Peyton Robb. And then on my bench right now, I got Real Woods, Gavin Hoffman. And, you know, keeping Carson Karshla on my bench just to see what happens. What about you, my <laughs> of man? Of course you would. I'm just checking something. You got Stewart, right? I guess, yeah, he did get on the podium last year, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, eighth. Eighth place. Yeah, I got uh, small Americans on my team now, hot dog. I'm glad you do. It's about damn time. Um, dude, I, I don't know. My team's all right. Let's see. Uh, I love your team. I got to get to it, though. Let me see. Okay, let me get here. All right. Well, so, you got Spencer again, Lee. Again, 10-team league. We got some great guys in the league this year. Um, so, yeah, Spencer Lee at 25. Was able to pick up DeSanto at 33. Got Grant Leith at 41. Max Thompson at 49. Uh, Deacon. At 57, Isaiah White at 65, Labriola 74, Taylor Venz 84. Got a nice little uh, run of uh, Nebraska guys there. Um, they had Hokett listed at 97. I don't think he's going to wrestle 97, but right now I got him penciled in there. And then Mason Paris at heavyweight. And then um, solid squad. my floaters and my bench are Cash Wilkie and Jerry Hino, the heavyweight from Campbell. Um, and then I also got a couple of guys, a few guys on the bench, uh, even though they're in red shirt right now, Matt Kolodzik, Nick Suriano. And then I had to hedge my bet. I picked up Gavin Teasdale. Yeah, what you got about that? What everybody's telling me, even some of the guys in the Iowa wrestling media, is that Teasdale's looking really good. I think Tom Brands already came out and said that we're going to see him on the mat here coming up. And not too long. Could be in an open I think or seventeenth. I think it's a duel, November seventeenth. Really? I believe. So they're talking about wrestling him in a duel. In a duel. Um, and you know, right now, I think the thought is is that we could see Teasdale at thirty three and DeSanto at forty one, or maybe DeSanto at thirty three, Teasdale at forty one. I think DeSanto could absolutely handle one forty one. Yeah, this is it, my opinion. It makes sense to me as a team. Like, look, this is a. It's a two-horse race this year, right? Like, it's been many years, but to, uh, instead of the Buckeyes, it's Iowa this year that's part of that, that, part of that horse race. And, yeah, Iowa and Penn State are the, are the favorites, yeah. 100%. And, and to, to, to maximize your team points, so Teasdale, I don't know how big he is. We do know that he, there was rumors that he was trying to make 25 last year. He didn't do that it. Penn State won right. him to make 25. Yeah. yeah, he didn't do it, but he tried. Okay, so 33 seems like an optimal way for him, whereas we think DeSanto probably... He could definitely make 33, but would be a decent-sized 41-pounder as well. Um, I think to optimize their points and maximize their points, especially if Teasdale's looking as good as everybody's saying he's looking, you go Teasdale 33 to Santo 41. That makes sense to me. I think one of the greatest things about this, though, Ben, is the fact that there was a point in time in high school when Gavin Teasdale was the number one pound-for-pound pound ranked high school kid in the country. I mean, he was amazing. I think four-time PA champ, four -time uh, PA all, champ kinds, man. all kinds of accolades. His senior year in high school, his 
even though he he won a state title, I think I don't think he looked as good as he had before. Lost and a couple I, matches. We, we saw him kind of drop one. off. Obviously, he had his issues when he got into college at Penn State. Whatever those issues were. So the the the, the, the coolest thing about this, in my opinion, is we've seen Teasdale go from on top of the world. Probably hit rock bottom, or at least close to rock bottom, and now he's found himself in a good situation out in Iowa with great coaches, great training partners, and if the rumors are correct, and he's looking as good as he really is in the room, I mean, here's a kid that j- just turned his life around, and now he, you right. know, the, the, the options are limitless. Yeah, and, and if you look at his pedigree, he didn't forget how to wrestle. No, not right? at all. You're not a, you're not a four. Hey, you know, uh, maybe a little apropos to a guy it took a little longer to, but Chance Marsteller type. Uh, yeah, I you think, know what I mean. Great point. So, who maybe figured it out a little bit sooner? And um, we saw what happened to Chance Marshall. And not only did he become a multiple-time All-American, but he he really seemed to, uh, by his own admission, kind of turn his life around. So, um, good for Gavin Teasdale if he never steps foot on the mat again. If he, you know, if if he kind of uh, got got things right and straight, that's great. But you know what? If he can also do what he loves and uh, be successful at it, awesome as well. And if he can um, help take down Penn State by doing that. Even fucking better. Oh, one hundred percent. And look, I mean, let's let's be real here. Iowa is in a position that they haven't been in in, in, in a number of years, and that's to be one of the top two teams in the country. Maybe even challenge Penn State for the top spot this year. They you got a chance. You know, Brands is going to put out his best lineup to maximize those points. You you know he is. And in my opinion, one forty one. I think they've got. They've got a few question marks in their lineup. Max Murin, who and ain't bad. And 141 between Max Murin and Vince Turk, Vince Turk. are yeah. question marks. I think if you do put DeSanto in that weight class, the way that weight class is cleared out, some of the guys taking red shirts, some of the guys graduating, I mean, he's who's who's to say he can't be one of the top contenders? He would be. I mean, he had, Plet- he had Pletcher beat at NCAAs right. last year. Now, there's a lot of depth at 41, but it's not the type of depth we're talking about from, like, 133 last year. There's a lot of guys that are very similar to each other at 141, all the way down to even, like, the 15th, 16th-ranked guys. You know, Mikey Carr, who's ranked, like, 20th. So I'm talking – there's some serious depth, but I'm not talking top-heavy type depth. No, I mean – and. and- in all reality, Ben, and just looking at the rankings, and look, in this episode, Ben and I are going to kind of make our, our early season national championship picks, give a couple of dark horses as well in the weight classes. But when you look at 141 from the number one ranked guy who before this weekend was Dom Demas, you go all the way down to, I mean, even. I'm telling you, like down to the top per, 15. Yeah, per, per, we're looking at the open mats rankings right now as of October 29th. I mean, Sedarian Perry was an All-American ranked 13th. You got a guy like Ian Parker and Real Woods, 14 and 15, who can definitely do some damage. I mean, Sam Turner's had some decent wins in his career at Wyoming. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 15 up, I legitimately would not be shocked by the end of the year if one of those guys, if somebody from like 12 to 15 was in the finals. I seriously would not be shocked. Look at a guy like Caden Gefeller back down in his be- optimal weight class at yeah. 141. I mean, that guy gave Anthony Ashnall all he wanted in Rutgers last year. Yeah. You know? Now, granted, Gefeller went out at 149 at the Nash- you know, NCAAs and kind of pooped his pants. I think he went, I think he went 0-2, if I'm not mistaken. 0-2 uh, or 1-2. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it, was a, it was a shock. Um, but but I, think that, I think that Iowa's set up well to make a run. Okay. Let's let's not get it twisted. You know we bust pen chase chops, but we are very. Oh, impressed. they're still. We're yeah. very impressed by their team. Absolutely, and their team is. They are the favorites. <laughs> really damn good. Their team is really damn good. Um, but 
you know what? I'd like to see Iowa. They win still have some question marks. I mean, they still have some question marks in their lineup. I mean, you know, what are they going to get out of one twenty-five? Yeah, I think that's a question mark right there. One ninety-seven. Um, Kyle Connell. The the. the uh, yeah. 149, Verclaren. Oh, oh, yeah, you know, one, right. You know, Verclaren, Verclaren had some – I know he took Micah Jordan to the ropes and I think the duel, the Penn State-Ohio uh, State time, duel. Yeah, did, one yeah. time. But he had some really head-scratching losses. Um, he how took is, him to the ropes and then Micah Jordan beat the hell out of Brady Berge. And how is Berge going to be? I think he suffered a, an injury at U23s? Yeah, it sounded like it was like a concussion, a concussion. injury. So, I'm, I, man, I hope he's okay. I hope he gets yeah, back. Absolutely. And, you know. Um, and I think he'll be good if he's if, if he's healthy at fifty seven. Oh right, and obviously six you know sixty five seventy four eighty four they got great guys there. Ninety seven Connell Michael Beard took a loss this weekend. Yeah, he did. You he, know he lost the ball sack. Uh, ball sack. Greg ball sack. Now <laughs> Greg ball sack's good from Clarion. Yeah, yeah, he's good. he's really good. But um, you know everybody penciling in Michael Beard to make the finals if Connell doesn't work out. And let's 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 temper some expectations now. Well, the problem is with Penn State is. Not only can they score with a lot of All-Americans, they got a lot of guys that are going to make the finals and even win titles. And bonus points. 100%. Yeah. Damn it, Penn State. You guys are always kicking everybody's ass. So, so I don't know. We went, kind of went off on that tangent a little bit with, uh, with Iowa, but um, I, I, think it was, I think it's worth talking about. 100%. Um, that, that's interesting what you said about Teasdale is that um, he's going to. Now, the question is, it sounds like what Tom Brands is saying is he's ready to go. He's, or, by, but what I mean by that is he's eligible. Because he transferred directly from Penn State. Now, he never wrestled a match for Penn State, but he was on the team. He was listed on the roster. So it sounds like, you know, transfers transferring is not an issue there from a from a loss of year standpoint. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you used to, if you, lost, if you transferred in conference, you had to, like, lose two years. If you transferred out of conference, you'd potentially lose a year. Right. Now everybody's like, yeah, it's just pretty much carte blanche. Yeah, let me, uh, let me put myself in that portal. Right. Speaking of the portal. Oh, talk, uh, to me. talk to me while I go get another beer. You need one? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, in a second. You know what? I know we were getting ready to transition to uh, some of the recent big transfer news lately. It seems to be happening an awful lot lately as well. But since we were talking about Penn State and Iowa, let's just run down their lineups real quick together and see how, how we think a duel might go just at this point in the Ooh. season. All right. So. All right. Let's, let's just do it real quick. I don't know. For, for fun. Shits and giggles. I, I was pretty excited. I was pretty excited about uh Going to the portal news, but now you got me even more excited. Oh, we'll get to the portal in a no, second. No, I'm really excited because I think, I think it's going to be interesting. Are you going to keep I really score? do. I'm not going to keep score. I'm just let's just talk about the matchups at each weight, each weight class. Okay, I mean obviously 125. Spencer Lee versus uh, maybe Brody Teske. Yeah, I think it'll be Brody Teske. Brody Te- I mean that's Spencer Lee by probably uh, Pin or Techfall. Okay, 133. I mean RBY for Penn State um, at this point. Let's just say that Teasdale bumps or Teasdale goes in and. Uh, and DeSanto bumps. DeSanto bumps. All right, you want to fun. Let's do that for fun. Because we think that that's their most optimal lineup, so let's go optimal lineup, optimal lineup. Right? All right, 100%. So Teasdale and RBY. RBY decision, right? Yeah, I do. I mean, look, they're both uber recruits, both phenomenal freaking pedigree. I'm going to give it to the guy I've seen. I'm going to give it to the guy that's been in a wrestling college wrestling room longer and has competed already. And who's had some nice wins. He's beaten Luke Pletcher. 100%. I mean, you know. But I do, I, I do think RBY wins that match decision yeah. as well. Absolutely. 41. <laughs> DeSanto and Nick Lee. Nick Lee. Give me Nick Lee, but man, that's going to be a good match. They're, that's just two people running their heads into each other. Honestly, I think Nick Lee and Austin DeSanto probably have the best pace. Those two have the best pace of any wrestlers in, in, in all of college. We've watched them break multiple people, including the likes of, I've seen, I've seen Nick Lee beat, break Joey McKenna in that duel. I mean, legit dudes. I, I think 
it would be a hell of a match. And Austin DeSanto has shown that he can beat almost anyone. I mean, he, this, is, this is a guy that's beaten guys like Michich, all right? Yeah. Uh, he's beaten Pletcher. Yeah. You know, he did beat Pletcher, right? I don't think so. No, they've only wrestled once. They've only okay, uh, but I mean, he's got he, he's obviously got some great wins. Right. All American last year. The, the thing about DeSanto though is he's a one trick pony. If you can stop his carry, right? You got to stop his carry. And Nick Lee's got Nick Lee's got Nick Lee's not a great scrambler, but he's got a couple different attacks. He's got great attacks on his feet. I think DeSanto might be a little better on top. I, I don't think that it's enough to to make it to make a difference to me. I like Nick Lee by a couple points there. Yeah, I, what I can about agree you? with that. No, I can agree with that. Uh, Forty nine. Verclaren and Lugo? I mean, that's a toss-up. I like Lugo there. I like Lugo in a tight one. I mean, Lugo's done it. Verclaren hasn't done much. I like Verclaren. They don't even match. know if Verclaren's going to be the starter. They're talking maybe Bo Pfeiffer. Bo Pfeiffer. The guy really? that made the finals of Scuffle last year against Nolf. Yeah. And Nolf embarrassed him. Yeah. They're talking about him. So uh-huh. let's, like, let's not get crazy with Verclaren here. I, I think Lugo's, I Lugo's would... All-American. No, he's never All-American. Lugo All-American last year. Lugo redshirted last year. No, he didn't. He didn't? You lost a year in your brain. Damn it. You're right. I, I know you're right. I did. Look. The back <laughs> surgery. The backiotomy. It's the old backiotomy. It's all the pain meds. <laughs> he redshirted two years ago <laughs> when he transferred to Iowa from Edinburgh. You remember he wrestled in Edinburgh, right? I do remember that. Look. <laughs> All I know is it's 2019, and I just need this year to end because it's been really bad. Okay. <laughs> and I can't remember much. Fair enough. Okay, he took eighth. He was Fair eighth enough. last year at 149. So give me Lugo. I'll still take McLaren in that match. That's dumb pick. All right, dumb pick. Uh, 57, Caleb Young, Brady Berge. Oh, come on. I mean, Brady Berge has a chance to beat Caleb Young. Yes, but I'm not going to pick it right now. I'm not going to pick the dude that freaking beat uh, Ryan Deacon twice last year, the dude that I forget what at exactly, the national tournament. Yeah, I forget exactly what he took, but it was was it third or fourth. I mean, it was top. It was top four. I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to take. I think Young fit, took fifth. Fifth. Yeah, okay. he took fifth. He, he beat Deacon in the quarters or semis, right, and Deacon, then he beat okay. him for fifth and sixth. Um, I'm going to take Young just until, until I see a little more out of Bergie. Yeah, I, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. I, I, I would take Young in this match as well. What's funny though is you were not high on Young last year. All season. Well, I had him on was, my fantasy team He was last having year. a huge drop. He went from 74 to 57. And I was high on him at the end of the year. If you recall, at the end of the year, I started picking up on him because I was like, all right, I'm going give to give the dude a chance. But let's get to 65. Vincenzo and the bull. He ain't never beat him. I'm going with the bull. Yeah, he ain't never beat him. I'm I, going bull, too. I'm, I, I like the bull in that match again. 174, though, is where it's at. Ooh. Kimmer and Mark Hall. Yeah, Mark Hall is going gonna, gonna to be a close one. Mark Hall's going to ride him, though, with that stupid-ass over-the-ankle ride and sag him down every time he gets to his leg and probably beat him by, like, two or three. I think it's so easy to, for people to forget just how how f- phenomenal was Kimmer was his her first two years in college. I mean, he, he, he went third and fourth at 57. He was making that big jump up to 74, got injured. I mean, but this is a guy that, dude, he was so good. He was so good those first two years. Yeah, I think he took, what, third as a freshman? Yeah, I said, yeah, he took third as a freshman, fourth as a sophomore, at some tough 57 weight classes. Real some, tough weight real classes. Deep, yeah, weight classes that were dominated by the likes of Jason Nolf. Um I still think that Mark Hall is the class of that weight, right? Yes, I, I agree with you there. I think Mark Hall is the class of that weight. Um, if Mark Hall is going to take a loss at any point in time in the season, I do believe it's Kimmer that gives him the loss. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it's in a duel. I don't know if it's in a tournament. I don't know. But I think Kimmer can at least get him one time this year. I don't know. 
Where's the duel at? Do they duel each other this year? Yeah, it's Where at, at Iowa, I believe. Did they really? Yeah. It is at Iowa? I believe so. Could be wrong. Look it up real quick. Find it out. Oh, Just look goodness. it up. I love when we look stuff up while we're podcasting. This is like the epitome of what not to do in podcasting. Uh, where is it at? It's in Carver. It's in Carver? And there, someone's going to get covered. Give me the Kimmer and the duel. You remember when uh, Mark Hall lost Mark his Hall duel? Mark Hall got covered in by Carver? a freaking... Um... <laughs> who was it? Up. Was it Wilkie? No, it was like... No. A, uh, no, who was that guy? God, he was an All-American. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Let me look it up. All right, you look it we up. We have to look it up. Um, you know who I think that uh, has the best shot of beating Mark Hall this year is Jordan Cutler. Jordan Cutler. I know he's had a lot of chances to try. And, and Ben, look, I love Jordan Cutler. I really do like him, but he's never, even though the scores have been close, he's never even come close to I'm trying to, to make fun match. of why you look this shit up. I oh. I, I didn't ask for your opinion on this one. <laughs> Damn you. It's like Michaels or something or Myers. My- Michael Myers. Myers? Myers. Myers. You said Michael Myers. It was Alex Meyer. Well, same damn person. Alex Meyer from Iowa. That guy ever All-American? Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah, he took eighth as a junior. Anyway, yeah. all right, we've gone way off. All right, so uh, 84. Shakur? Oh, yeah, Shakur. And Wilkie. Yeah, Shakur. Shakur. You think Wilkie gets on the podium this year? I hope so. Last chance, right? Man, I Last chance. He He's one of those dudes, man. They need him to get on the podium. Yeah, he, yeah. That and I just, you know, we all root for dudes that like round of twelve, like like D- the DiCamillos, the Zach Brunsons, those types. You know, when he gets on the podium, we'll have him on the podcast. All right, uh, ninety-seven. I think this could be a great match, uh, Jacob Warner or against uh, Connell or either Michael Beard. Who do you think it's going to be? I think it'll be Connell. You think he lasts the whole year? Yeah. Okay. And I'm taking Warner. Yeah, me too. I'll take Warner. God, me too. Heavyweight, returning national champ, oh, Kassar versus uh, super recruit Cassiope or whatever, however yeah, you say Cassiope. it. Yeah, Cassiope. going to whoop him. I agree. That that has me thinking I was going to win this duel, though. I think Penn State wins the duel. Yeah, and they always do. I do. I, they, they're going to win the duel. Anyway, all right, so, Portal. We talked about transfers, the big news that came out this week. Uh, Kirk Fliet. All right. right. Craig uh, little Craig Kirkfleet. We thought he was going to be the the next Kyle Snyder at uh at Ohio State. Well, well he actually is um, the next Kyle <laughs> Snyder at Ohio State. Um, unfortunately, he's just not going to rest on Ohio State single single. But he's going to move out of Ohio State, uh, most likely to Penn State. Right? Um, was it announced? I don't know. I have not seen a, an official announcement yet. I'm sure he's probably he's probably got at least two or three more schools that he's going to verbal to. Before he makes his final decision, so he already committed to Minnesota, right? And then committed decommitted. to Minnesota. Then it was Okie State. Then it was Okie State. Decommitted. Mm-hmm. Now it's Ohio State. Yep. Okay. Actually enrolled in the school. Yeah. Transfer portal now. Portal, portal. now. After getting back from U twenty threes, where he took a bronze. No, he lost in the uh, match for uh, for bronze. He took fifth. Okay. Um, it was controversial, and I would fight for him if he was still a Buckeye, but I don't care now. <laughs> What's up with this dude, man? Before we get into why he left Ohio State, why do you think he keeps changing his mind in general? Great questions, and I'm sure that the next team that gets him will come up with a significant number of excuses like I did when we first got him. Um, the first one makes sense. So he committed to Minnesota, and then Gable committed. And Greg's a, a heavyweight. Why You have two of the top heavyweights in the country committing to the same school. It makes sense that he, he then uh, chooses to, to make a different commitment. I don't know why he chose Oklahoma State. I don't know why he decommitted from Oklahoma State. 
Um, we do know that he chose Ohio State likely because of Kyle Snyder. Kyle Snyder leaves. You know what? It makes sense from a logical standpoint that he now enters the portal. It's unfortunate that he does it and leaves the Buckeyes high and dry from a perspective of, hey, we've designated some money for you. This isn't just a verbal where money hasn't even been discussed. This is an NLI signing. We've designated money for you that we could potentially use somewhere else. We've designated a spot for you that we could potentially use somewhere else. And you've committed, and now you're leaving. Um, and, and maybe it's good because he doesn't go through the whole redshirt year and we, we pay his, you know, they pay, this, they pay his uh, um, scholarship and everything, and then he just goes and does what he does. I don't know exactly how it works. Um, we know he decommitted because he, he wanted to train with Kyle Snyder at Ohio State, and now he can't, which likely makes me think that he's going to go to Penn State, right? What I don't like, what I don't like, and I don't care what the hell anybody says, and this takes brought to you by Trotwood Lager from Warped Wing, which is a, um, a local brewing company in Dayton, Ohio, that's got me nice and froggy here. Um, what <laughs> oh, I don't, boy, Ben's what, froggy. What I don't like, what I think is a little bit of bullshit, is that he was all up and ready to go on the freaking Steelwood Radio podcast. Oh, yeah, give me some tunes. He was on the Steelwood Radio podcast not, a, not just a freaking damn month ago or less talking about how he's going to wrestle this year and how he's ready to go and talking about how he's training for U23s. Goes over to damn U23s. Bo Nichols over there. Kalen Casey over there. Mother effort comes back. And now all of a sudden he's in the damn portal. I don't like it. I think there's some freaking shenanigans going on. I don't care what you think. To, not you, Brandon. I care what you think. Thank you. There's something going on. And I don't freaking like it. I think it's some baloney. When I weed through a lot of the anger and uh, aggressiveness there, uh, first I want to give you a hug. hug. It sounds like you've had a bad day. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that um, son of a bitch. He's on my fantasy team. I drafted him. Go ahead. I doubt he's going to wrestle this year, though, so you might want to drop. I know! <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know if he's named a school that he's transferring to yet. Um, if he has, I just haven't been in tune with it the last few days. Um, I think... I don't like the fact that he waited until right at the start of the season to transfer. There's been some rumblings and rumors about you, you brought it up about going to U23s. Uh, that Kale got in his ear out there. Look, first of all, Kale didn't specifically get in his ear because he's too smart for that. Whatever, whatever. You I'm, know I'm just, what I mean. I know. Yeah, you you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. But I mean. We don't know if Kale did or didn't get in his ear. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Look, college wrestling and recruiting, it's cutthroat. These guys are always looking for an edge. We know that Penn State can't stand Ohio State. We know that Ohio State can't stand Penn State. On top of that, you got Cunningham out there. You got Bo Nickel out there on the U23 team with him, you know, winning a gold medal, probably bragging about all these great training partners he's got at Penn State. Yep. And you got a guy like Kirk Fliet who, look, he's got bigger aspirations than just being a college national champion. So... Just like Kyle Snyder, he probably wants to put himself in the best position with the absolute best training partners that he can have. And Ben, I'm going to be a little judgmental here, just like we, you know, we were about oh, Kyle Snyder. It, I got something for you. The fact is, he does not have the training partners at this moment at Ohio State or the Ohio RTC to make him better. If he did, Kyle Snyder would not have left. It goes right into that play right there. Who did Kyle Snyder have when he, was, when he won three golds at Ohio State? Well, when he first got there, let's look at this. Tommy Rollins, Travell, J.D. Bergen. Tommy was over the hill. 
it doesn't matter. You still got a guy, a heavyweight that was a four-time what? Four-time finalist, yeah. or at least a three-time finalist, two-time yeah. champ. No, yeah, he, so, he took six. One year, you know, you had you had Bergman, Rollins, obviously Travell. I forgot about Bergman. Other guys they were kind of bringing in and out there. Um, his brother was there to help him train. But why he, couldn't why couldn't a Kirkwood done guys that? like Colin Moore? Well, Colin Moore's still there, hot dog. Chase Singletary, who was Singletary, who was the U twenty three rep at ninety seven, is there. And then you know what? If if, if you're that concerned about it. Tom Ryan has made it known that he's willing to, um, you know, allow dudes to wrestle half seasons and then go train somewhere else. You tell me he can't go to the OTC and train with Cox for a little bit. There's alternatives that he could have done instead of just leaving the team high and dry. Now, I wouldn't say high and dry because, damn it, Chase Singletary, I hope someday you get to wrestle Greg Kirkfoot and you beat him. God, that would be the, my favorite day of my life. All right, let me, let me start with the first thing you said. Colin Moore's still there. This is Colin Moore's last year, Okay. On the team. Correct. On the team. This is his last year, though. Colin Moore is not enough to give a guy like Kirk Fillette more looks. He needs more training partners. I'm sorry. I don't think Tom Ryan and the Ohio State staff has done enough to bring in elite-level guys to the Ohio RTC. We've talked about this outside of Ohio State wrestlers who have graduated. And then you look at what Penn Nick State Nick Wisdowski did it without a big-ass heavyweight down in North Carolina State. There's plenty of guys that have done it without – the quote-unquote training partners there. But you know what? They make it work because they travel and they do the right things to to stay loyal to their team but also put themselves in the best positions to win medals. Kyle Snyder did it. Now, I know I know that um, J.D. Bergman and st- was there and, and stuff, but Miles Martin's still around too. Um, ben, Chase I, Singletary is around. I, I agree with you. Look, Ben, I agree with you on that part. Where I'm going to disagree with you at, though, is when Kyle Snyder came into Ohio State, he w- was in a better position with better training partners than Kirk Liet would have coming in right now. You can't dispute that. What pisses me off now is that, yeah, I mean. Okay, and, and let's say he goes to Penn State. I, I, I don't blame him. Look at the training partners that he's going to have out there, aside from guys like Kasser, Bo Nickel, David Taylor, Varner, Kale, Casey, um, Kyle Snyder. Yeah, keep going. Well, everybody should just go to Penn State then. Well, that's a, that's what that's what's happening. Fuck it. Everybody, let's just go to let's just go to Penn State, well, and and all the best go to Penn State, and everybody else does nothing. And uh, sweet, then college wrestling is no fun anymore. Well, Ben, that's what's happening. Get get used to it, man. I'm not used to it, and it's not okay to me. It's the same thing with college football. You've got five or six teams that control all the greatest recruits in the country. This is what's happening in wrestling. People, different people are winning at different years in football. I know. Well, Clemson and Alabama. Ohio State wanted a little bit ago. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, he transfers, man. It, it stinks. You know good. what? I, you know what? Don't, I don't let like the about- door hit you where the good Lord split you, son. I don't give a shit about you. All See right, ya. dude. All right. All right. Settle down. Settle down, my man. I'm fired up. You are. Settle down. We're gonna lose most of our listeners over the age of 55 with all the. Uh, no, most of the listeners over the age of 55 probably would be like, that damn young man made a commitment. You know what I hate the most about it, though, Ben, aside from all of that, aside from what may or may not have happened out at U23s, when, when you see recruits like that, now, I'll preface this with saying this is Kirk Fliet, who's got an established history of changing his mind when it comes to college schools. That dude's flakier than my freaking high school girlfriend. All right. <laughs> um. To me, what sucks the most about it, though, is when you – it hurts really bad for recruiting because when these kids in high school see these studs like that saying, nope, I'm going to go in the portal and transfer, it looks bad on Ohio State. It really does. It looks real bad on them. And I think it could make recruiting that much more challenging. Yeah, until you look at the Buckeyes and realize, hey, there's some light at the end of the tunnel there. 
Buckeyes still got a squad now, hot dog. They do. Look, yeah, they, they ain't gonna win a title this year, but I think they're uh, no, they're not gonna win a title. I think it's okay to say that they are in hunt for a trophy. I don't think it's part of the top two teams. They're a very, very, very young team this year. I think they got, what, four redshirt freshmen that could be starting for them. A couple of uh, redshirt sophomores, a couple of true sophomores. I mean, you've got really your established leadership is Colin Moore, Luke Pletcher. That's it. And that's it. Established leadership. Established. Now, with Kirk Witt, I thought they could be top two. Like, I thought that they had a chance to, you know, to maybe be second. But without him... It's going to be tough. No, no disrespect to Chase Singletary. It's funny that it, I'm extremely high on Kirkley at Ben. I don't think I'm as high on him as you are because when I look at the heavyweight class this year, it is deep and top heavy. Okay, you've got so many guys. Let's say Gable wrestles this year. I don't think he's going to, but let's say he does. Okay? I think he will. You've we'll got go the two returning him. finalists from last year. All right, Gable and Casser. You've got other guys out there like Jordan Wood. Jordan Wood, who was what third or fourth last year? Yeah, fourth, and Kirk Wade beat him at U twenty three. Granted, it was a different style, correct? To wrestling, but that, but that's where I put him. If you know what I'm saying, you know. You've but then but then you've got other guys. Mason Matt, Matt Stencil, all American last year. Hilger, I believe, was an all American last was. year. Uh, Tanner Hall coming back was an all American before. I think he took third before. Did you see third the, or fourth? Did you see there's a Twitter handle called Tanner Hall's AAP card? Oh Jesus, AARP card. He's got to be at least 28, 29. Yeah. Uh, you, you forgot about you got guys like Mason Paris. Yeah. Who name him, please? Look, Mason Paris just had a dominating first weekend at the Michigan State Open this weekend, beating two top ten heavyweights in. Relatively, I mean, they were beatdowns. Who's uh, whose fantasy team's he on? Uh, that would be me. <laughs> I That'd know, me. I know. Damn it, I want him. You know, you got Jerry Hino coming back from Campbell. All right, no, I know. Who, who, world, a world, a world uh, wrestler. And then you've got, you know, as it stands now, Josh Hoka, who all American at ninety seven last year, looks like he's going heavyweight for Fresno State. Right. I okay. Mean, and then you got the new guys, Cassiope. You still got uh, Demetrius Thomas. I, I don't know, man. I don't know where Kirk Fleet would land in that pack, but it's uh, deep. It would be top three, my opinion. But anyways, but, okay, so we, we did our Kirk Fleet take, right? And you know how I feel about it. I know how you feel it about sucks. it. It sucks. And it's funny. But I get it. it. Yeah, it's funny that we probably land at the same spot. I think that the one thing is that we both agree on is that it really is bad timing. Extremely bad it's timing. terrible timing. Um, and if this was his first time doing it, I'd be like, Damn, this sucks. But you know what? His dream was to train with Kyle Snyder and this and that, and I could swallow it. The, the the fact that he's been a little flaky beforehand, not surprising. But the Buckeyes are not without some studs, though. One of them being Sammy freaking Sasso. Do you see what he did this weekend? He looked phenom- phenomenal. I, and I don't think people. I'm sure a lot of people do. But the Tech fall over Canaan Store. Even though Store was up at forty nine, which may even be a better weight for him, that is super impressive to me because Kanan Store is typically a guy that can, can be hard to score on. Right, and although he did an All American last year, he was he was ranked to do so and beat a number of really good guys during the regular season. So, Kanan Store, I think he even beat Dom Demas in Vegas. Yeah, he did. So let's not forget that Kanan Store is amazing, and Sammy Sasso teched him, got on top. Sammy Sasso, he's not only is he really Sneaky on his feet. He's got some of his own stuff, but he's he's really funky on his feet. Mm-hmm. But he's got what we always say: he's got the game changer, on top, top game. On top of that, if you if you compare him to where he's at this year from last year, and last year he had a great redshirt year. I mean, he beat uh, Pantaleo or Pantaleo from you know Michigan yeah. at, at the Midlands. He also uh, 
If he he lost one to Teamer, then he then he, he avenged that that loss to Jacory Teamer, beat him. He had some other great beat wins. Beat Pantaleo, he beat Lugo, he beat Brayton Lee. I mean, he beat a lot of these right. guys. Uh, his hand fighting has gotten so much better this year. It looked really good this weekend. And you're right, Ben. I mean, Sammy Sasso is the real deal, and I do believe in this wide open weight class that 149 is right now. Sammy Sasso can be considered a title contender, and. And I'm not saying this because we're Buckeye fans. I'm not a homer. I'll call it how it is. How it is. But if this yeah, we weekend is this, if this weekend and his last year's redshirt season is indie, any indication, and the fact that he's still improving, I, I might be willing to call Sasso the odds-on favorite at this moment to win the 49-pound weight class. I, I would, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with you. I think here's where, here's how much respect they give him. You, you, did you hear about how the Buckeyes they like? Uh, they're they're doing a new thing. They always do these gimmicks, you know. So this year it's about it's about warm ups. So this year uh, you get sweats, right? So everybody starts with grays, and you once you earn your black sweats, you got to earn your black sweats. And so at the start of the season, the only two guys that had earned their black sweats were Colin Moore and Luke Pletcher. Okay. And now there's only three guys on the team that have earned their black sweats so far. Guess who the third one is? It's Sammy Sasso. Sammy Sasso, a freshman, over a number of guys who have been. Who have been there before? So Sasso is impressive. Yeah, the third guy to earn his black sweats, which I said I think says less about his wrestling ability and more about his leadership and the way he and that he's doing things the right way. Okay, yeah, I, I can definitely get down with that. Um, See, so yeah, I I expect big things from Sasso. A lot of guys out there in the wrestling media do believe that he can win the title this year. Right. So if you got a guy like that that's committed to the Buckeyes, it's not like you know your your, your cupboard's bare. The Buckeyes have a lot of great young, you know, young wrestlers. We know that, you know, guys like Sasso, Karshla, Decatur, Kenner, Hoffman, a lot of those, Rocky Emilio. Jordan, D'Amelio, even even Malik Heinzelman at one twenty five. They've yeah. got a lot of really good young wrestlers. It just remains to be seen on how they're going to end up. I'll tell you another guy I was impressed with this weekend was Quinn Kenner going down to one thirty three. Yeah, and wrestling at that weight. And that was why, a dr- that was a kind of a surprise drop. Definitely a surprise. And why I like that is I'm still on the the train or of the opinion that Decatur Jordan Decatur needs the red shirt. Yeah, and it probably would it probably would uh, behoove him to red shirt um, with maybe some as a true freshman with some bottom deficiencies and some top deficiencies. Um, there's some rumors that he might drop to 125. I think that's a big suck for him. I think it's a huge mistake. Yeah, especially when you got a guy like Heinzelman that you know. That guy could use a red shirt, though. He could. Um, he's a hard worker. He's got pedigree. He's a good wrestler. Uh, we need to see if he's grown into the 125-pound weight class. Yeah. If and, he has... And it didn't look like it this weekend. Yeah. Got tech followed by Schroeder from Purdue, who beat him up pretty good at bigs last year. Same exact thing. Takedowns, cross-wrist tilts. Um, he just, he's got some deficiencies on bottoms. He still needs to work out. We're um, going to see Keyshawn at 57? Yeah, I think Hayes is going to be your 57-pounder, right? Hayes lost uh, a tight one. I think it was overtime to Store, which in his own right is okay. That's a decent result, like almost beats, almost beats Store. He can compete. We know he can compete at 149, right? I mean, it's not a surprise that Keyshawn can beat 149. He, uh, I think round of 12 did a couple years ago at 149. 157 is going to be another sludge, I think. You know, he, he had trouble last year at 57. Basically, because he was his best, his best part of his game. We've said this before. His top, top. He wasn't able to utilize his top game as much because of the length. He didn't have that length advantage that he would at the lower weight class, or the strength advantage. Uh, he'll be a fifty-seven pounder, I think, this year. He'll start. Uh, I think it'll be tough for him to get on the podium. 
you know, last year I think he went 21 and 11 or whatever. Um, you know, national qualifier didn't do so hot at the NCAA tournament. The year before he was around a 12. And unfortunately, ran into Brandon Sorensen in the round of, uh, round of 12 um, after he was upset by, I think, Ronnie Perry. Um, right. I feel bad for Keyshawn Hayes. I really do. Um, I think he had a really bright, bright future until that knee injury. Um, and then obviously McKenna transfers in, so he kind of gets caught in between all these great guys at, the, at these weights. Um, the biggest thing for me is how much is is it, how much is his head in it right now? I would actually expect Keyshawn Hayes to beat Kanan Store at this point. I would I would expect that's a match that he can win, um, even though Kanan yeah. Store is a really good wrestler. Um, so when you look at that and you look at the potential of him going up to 157, even though 157 is cleared out a little bit, there's still some really tough guys who are a lot bigger than him at that weight. Yeah. Now, I think Hayes has, does have a win over Baroni, who's, I think, ranked eighth at the moment. But what you said is you kind of feel bad for him, and I, I, I get what you're saying, man. But to speak the words of Terry Brands back from Iowa the season back in 2002, baby, is you got to earn it, though. I agree. You got to earn it. You do. So, and if he if he, I'm he hasn't dis- earned it, so I'm going to counter that with he was primed to be a really good 141 pounder. McKenna transfers in. He beats McKenna in the first wrestle off match. They don't do the second wrestle off match after that. That's the coaches make works, the de- baby. right. That coaches make the decision. So you can't say he didn't earn that just because the coach says, "Hey, we're just going to make this decision." That doesn't mean. You didn't earn that. You beat the guy in the first match. I know. Okay, so I get I, – I, I, one of my favorite quotes ever is that quote from the Brands right there. The only thing you deserve is what you earn, right? 100%. But he's just been caught up in some bad luck, and you know, I, I, I still question how much his head is into it right now. I think he'll get a sixth year, and I think that he should take it somewhere else. And not because I don't want him to see him as a Buckeye. There's just no room. But I want to see him. I want to see him at the optimal weight where he can go and do his best. So – Buckeyes had some interesting wrestle-off results. Um, you know, at 65, you had Ethan Smith dropping down, um, taking on Carson Karchula. Karchula is the real real deal. He's, you know, one of the best recruits in the country, one of the best freshmen in the country. Um, Karchula edges him out 3-2 to two in the wrestle-off. Um, and then Smith and Karchula both wrestle at the Michigan State Open this weekend. weekend. Um, same weight class. You know, Ethan Smith is a very formidable starter in the Ohio State lineup. I think he had a pretty good season last year, national qualifier, uh, looked good at times against some really tough guys. We've talked about it ad nauseum before. He can, he can get in on anyone's legs. It's the finishes, the finishes that he needs to improve on. It, but Karshla is something special, special, and I think you and I will both agree with that. You know, And this weekend, Karshla went out there, and granted, the competition wasn't the greatest. You know, He did have you know, a couple of tough opponents, but he went... 5-0 and on the day, two tech falls, a pin, and gave up seven points. Seven points in five, five college mash- matches. Right. And he wrestled some top 25 guys. So, I mean. And, and what, Ethan Smith, what, what did he do? Ethan Smith ended up taking third. So, he, he, if we want to do a comparison, it, it's pretty. It, we, we got two data points. One, the wrestle off, three to two. Hard to compare as much when you have guys that wrestle each other all the time, right? Agree completely. So, it, it could, that could mean that. Karchula's just got his number in the room, but Ethan Smith is a better wrestler against other people. We've seen that plenty of times. Sure. Or Karchula's actually much better than Ethan Smith. Ethan Smith just has the ability to keep it close. So let's look at the data point of Troy Keller from Buffalo. 
Ethan Smith loses to, or Ethan Smith beats him, I think, five to four mm-hmm. this weekend. Karshla attacks him. Oh, 19 to two. He dominated yeah. him. Yeah. So there's a bigger gap in their wrestling ability than what a three to two wrestle off says. And Ethan Smith is a guy who really battled last year, won matches at the NCAA tournament, and had some really big bright spots up at 174. 165, I'm not sure is his best weight class. Maybe maybe they're down, maybe they were thinking he needed to get down there because what I think the Buckeyes want to do is redshirt Karshla. Well, they are redshirting Karshla, and I, I right, think for it is now, a, Ben, I think it is a given. I think it is. Was Miles Martin a given? Was Malik Heinzelman a given? Hold Come on, on now. Hold on go. one second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Miles Martin was not a given. Okay, it was not a given. In fact, they talked about it off and on throughout the season right. on whether or not they were going to pull Martin or not, and they eventually did. I think Karshila, I, I think it's been the plan all along to redshirt him. I have no doubt that his dad, who's done everything right by him, Moran, everything right by him and his wrestling training as a kid through middle school, through high school, and now probably wants him to take a red shirt as well. You think he wants him to? I, I think so. What if he's ready to go, though? I don't doubt that he's ready to go, but let's look at this for a second. Let's look at the 165-pound weight class right now. Oh, it's deep. You know, it's, it's really deep, and within the top six, you've got four seniors. You know, you got guys like Joseph, who's going to graduate, McFadden, Isaiah White, Shields, and then also Demetrius Romero. They're all going to graduate. Now, granted, you're going to get a guy back like Makai Lewis, okay? Sure. Makai Lewis. You're still going to have Alex Marinelli. You're still going to have an Evan Wick, those types of guys. But 65 is going to clear out, and I think 65 is the weight class for Karchla. And yes. I think. Oh, absolutely. With his height, yeah, Karchla, Karchla is like my height. Right. Yeah, he's not. He's not a seventy-four pounder. And if the Buckeyes are not competing for a national title this year, there's no reason to bring him out of redshirt when you've got an experienced starter there who was a national qualifier with some quality wins last year, and a guy like Ethan Smith. So, is experience in getting to wrestle at the NCAA tournament maybe a fifth place finish? Better than redshirting the guy and not having the experience, and then maybe he ends up taking second or third. I truly I, believe that Sammy maybe. Sasso could have started at 57 last year and done decent. Oh, he would have been an All-American. And they kept him in redshirt, yeah. and, and I think it, it's done well for him. It, it's done it's done phenomenal for him. Look, I, look, I know I have Karshla on my fantasy team, and I'm, I'm keeping him there. That was just more of a hey, you yeah. know, smart play to say, hey, maybe you got a shot. I think that he will redshirt, and it makes sense for him to redshirt. But I tell you what, if we look at the 165-pound weight class, the, the top four I would favor over Karchla. After that, Isaiah White, Josh Shields, Demetrius Romero, I'm taking Karchla over them right now, tomorrow if they wrestled. I wouldn't take Karchla over McFadden, Wick, Marinelli, and Joseph. Oh, well, That's absolutely it. not. Absolutely not. But everybody else I would take them over. The way he – White and Shields – score on them. Okay, hold, hold on. And that's the thing. White and Shields – their best quality is their defense. They're so hard to score on, especially Isaiah White. Sure. Okay, so I think those would be good matches. I'm not sure I would take Karshall over them just yet. I don't know. But it, you're it definitely not saying that's a – you're definitely not get, penciling in Isaiah White and Shields is beating Karshall, no. are you? Karshall's the real deal. I think oh, he's going to be – I think that. he's going to be amazing. I think he's going to – All-American lots, win national titles. He's amazing, but I do he's gonna I think win he stays in a red shirt this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think what, it's a lot it's, – it's really nice – it's it's he had a great coming out party though, I think he had a great coming out party. Uh, Cameron Amin gave him his best match, and you know Cameron Amin very good. Obviously, you know the Amin name. 
Um, the match was close. I mean, I know Miles is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Malik? Malik's not bad. I mean, Malik's, Malik's a solid wrestler. The, the family's great. His dad, their dad was a damn fucking All-American. Oh, so. He's a great guy. Nice so, guy. So, um, and then he beat, they beat, uh, uh, what's his name? Remember yelling at Labriola's parents? I'm not getting involved in that. I, I thought Carswell had a really nice opening, um, true freshman tournament. I definitely think he's their best option at 65, but why not redshirt him when you got a guy like Ethan Smith who um, won matches at NCAAs last year? The only reason why is if maybe Ethan Smith's the weight cut to 165 is too much of a problem. Ethan, right. I think Ethan Smith wrestled like higher than 74 in, in high school. Well, I maybe guess I'm wrong. we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, I don't want to stay on the Buckeyes for too long, obviously. There's other things we want to get to, get to. I think the last thing that was kind of surprising to us this weekend is one, um, is Gavin Hoffman. You know, he loses oh, the wrestle-off, all right? He loses the wrestle-off to Steiner, um, an Ohio guy, Zach Steiner. Um, then he goes out this weekend, and he goes one and two. You know, he beats a guy from Pennsylvania. Then he loses to two guys from Buffalo. And, I mean— They both can't start. So he lost to a Buffalo backup, right? And one of one of the matches wasn't even close. And this is so shocking to me because this is a guy who last year in redshirt at the same weight went twenty five and three and had some really really good matches, um, some really really close matches with some you know really good guys and some good wins. And I don't what's happening. Well, the weirdest thing is that he he lost the Reslov, right? So not only are you you're not the best guy in the room. Which okay, we can we can write. We that. just said we don't put a lot of right. stock in the. In we the can write offs. that off the Gary Traub Chase Singletary, right? We can write that off until you go out and then go one and two in a open tournament. When last year you would have rolled in these, right? I mean, you would have rolled in these last year. And we've had people from Pennsylvania tell us for the last you know what year year and a half how great Hoffman is and how much we're going to love having him and how great he's going to do. And we fully expected that. And I fully expect that he's still going to have a great career and be a great guy. But this That's weekend, the question. This, this thing, something's not right. That's, something's not right with, with uh, how he's been competing. That's lately. the question I have for you, Brandon. Is he going to have a great career? It's far too early to tell. But remember, the guy wrestled 220 in high school at one point. Hoffman wrestled 220? Yeah, in high school for his junior year. And then he dropped to 95. Is 84 just too big of a cut? It wasn't last year. It wasn't last year, but is it too big of a cut this year? People I grow. Know. I don't know. He ain't got another spot. No, I mean, right? he's not going to 97. Yeah, he's not going to, that's what I mean. So He really wrestled 220 yeah, in high school? Did. You're damn right he did. I swear to I'm, you. I, you've already, I've already been wrong once today, <laughs> so I'm not going to press so my luck. So I don't know. Um, one more. One more guy. And we'll, we might touch on this later. Lukey Pletcher. Bumping up to one forty one. Did we know? You know, we, did we know, Mister Five Foot? What did he tell us? He was five two and a half. He told us that on the podcast. We're thinking up to one forty one. We've seen him there before. We saw him do decent, but we thought as a true freshman, yeah, he, he actually did do very decent as a true freshman. Right, but we thought thirty three is his weight. I thought, yeah. He bumps up to forty one and he takes out the number one ranked guy, returning third, no fourth place uh, finisher at that weight at one forty one. Right. Dom Demas in overtime. Title contender, right? I mean, I, title contender. He's got to be. Luke Pletcher? Yeah. 141 right now with the way things have cleared out a bit. Uh, obviously, obviously not having Yanni there is huge. It's, to, me, to me, it's one of the most wide-open weight classes that we have this year. Um, there, there is some depth there with a lot of guys who are good, but there's not – 
those one or two or three guys that is like that just stand out shoulder, you know, head and shoulders above the rest. You know, there's not a Zahid in that weight class or um, a Colin Moore or Spencer Lee, whatever. You know right. what I mean? Come Seth on. Gross, we, stuff I like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Luke Pletcher's a guy that once he dropped down to, to 33, he what, he's gone, what, third and fourth or fourth and fourth? Four and four. Four and four. Um, you have to consider him. It really tough weight classes. 100%. Oh, my goodness. The, the fourth place he took last year at 133. Yeah, and that was, dude, that was a deep 133. Oh, my goodness. Hey, what a freaking battle. He had to beat Mickey Phillippe, who he'd lost earlier in the year. And the year before, if Tariq Wilson hadn't caught fire, he probably would have finished third then, too. Yeah, because Pletcher beat the shit out of him at the duel. At the duel. You have to, yes, you, you. I would consider Pletcher a title contender, a finalist contender at this weight class as it stands right now. I like that. I now, Dom Demas. You know, I I hate the way rankings. I hate the way ranking services do their rankings by going off whoever finished higher at the last tournament the year before. I don't like that. I really don't like that. You want Nick Lee one, huh? I think Nick Lee deserves to be one. No, 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 no. I take that back. Dom Dimas beat Nickley right. last year in the NCAA Whooped tournament. Him. So I'm okay with that. Okay. I, I'm okay with that. Um, so Dom Dimas is one, the highest returning finisher at that weight class. Okay. Um, he won't be one after this weekend. Great win for Luke Fletcher. Fletcher will be one. I do feel right now that Nickley is probably the odds-on favorite as of right now. Would it be good once we get into our picks? Um I would be very curious to see how a match between Nick Lee and Luke Pletcher goes because Nick Lee's pace is so commanding and so exhausting, and Luke Pletcher does not really push the pace. He's more of a counter-wrestler, more of a defensive wrestler, so I'm concerned good. about that. Nick Lee's linked on top, even though Pletcher usually Never gets, out, Pletcher yeah, have usually gets out pretty easy. The only time I've ever seen Pletcher have an issue on bottom was Dayton Fix. That was that old dumb damn double boot that ride that he does, you know. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But look, Luke Pletcher was a great recruit, one of the top overall recruits. He's had a great college career. This weight class is cleared out. It's wide. This weight class is so wide open. It's unbelievable. In fact, in fact, let's go to this weight class real let's quick. Let's do ben. it. I want to. You know, when you look at 141 right now, you've got guys: Dom Demas, Nick Lee, Pletcher, Mitch McKee. Grant Leith, who All-American two years ago at 149, drops down to 41. Kyle Shoup, All-American last year. Chad Red, two-time All-American. Muren, I'm not high on. Tristan Moran, he can get hot on any given day. Caden Gefeller, I'm actually decently high on at this weight class. I'm actually high on Moran and Gefeller. Then you got Tariq Wilson. Look, Tariq Wilson, (laughs) God, he was a huge 33-pounder. So you know the weight bump is not going to affect him. You remember Tariq? Tariq and Pletcher got history. Well, yeah, of course. Not just, just the NCAA tournament. Who knocked Tariq out last year? Who hurt Tariq and kept him out all year? It's Pletcher in the duel, remember? Knee injury. We were there. Oh, did they, oh yeah, you're right. Yes, yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So, and, and it wasn't like, I'm not saying his, history like they're like they're bad blood, but I mean, like, you know, Pletcher and Tariq have wrestled a couple times. Yeah, the point, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is from number one through Number six. I'll put it number six right now. Let's do number one through number five. I, if you're if you're on five, then you're leaving out Chad Red. Give me, give me, all, give me, give me. You think Chad Red has finals potential? Yes. Give me, give me the number seven. Give me the number seven. The the, the man is all American twice. Take me to seven at least. All right. I think Tariq's actually underranked at this weight class. Now, they go off last year's end results, right. but if he's healthy. Dude, he's pretty good. Tariq the Freak? He's pretty good. Was he on the pod? Oh, yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> so, anyway, um, 
the point, I, I guess the ultimate point is this weight class is so wide open that anybody can get hot on that day and win this weight. Yeah. So Absolutely anyone. You know what? Since we're speaking about weight classes, you want to just want to just hop on and, and just go to our picks? Yeah, let's do our preseason picks, maybe a couple of dark horses here and there. I think that's, I think that's good. I think that's a good way to finish the podcast. Hopefully we don't pick all the same people. Um, well, unfortunately, we're going to. I know we are at some weight classes. 125, man. I'm just going to. So, all right, so we'll switch. So you go first at 25, I'll go first at 33. Okay. Um, we've always gone back and forth on Spencer Lee throughout the regular seasons. Last year, looks like he was struggling, had had his issues with Sebastian Rivera. All of a sudden, NCAA tournament comes around, and the dude is Mr. March. He is Mr. March. I'm not, never going to bet against him again in March. I, it's Spencer Lee. Yep. I got Spencer Lee. Two losses as a freshman to Bresser and Nato. Three losses last year, two to Rivera, one to pitch. So we know he's fallible during before March. Of course. Did you see what he did to Nato his freshman year in March? Yes. He was beat at the, the Big hell Ten out tournament. Of Bowen, no, at the, no. At the NCAA, beat, yeah, at the NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah. Nato beat him at the Bigs. Right. And then NCAA, Spencer got him at the duel. Nato at the Bigs. Oh, and then Spencer and then he got stuck on top. And stuck oh my him. God, it hurt my legs. It hurt every part of my body. Yeah, it's Spencer Lee. It's Spencer Lee until proven otherwise in March. I am interested to know because you have some extremely great guys, you know, Mueller, Rivera, Piccinini, and Patrick Glory. Um, and that's not disrespecting anybody else after them, but those other guys are, are nails. Who do you think would be the odds-on favorite, bracket aside, to meet Spencer Lee in the finals? I think it's got to be Mueller again, right? After the whooping that he put on Rivera last year. I think we forget how good Mueller was. No, I do. I don't forget Mueller. I mean, Mueller AA is a freshman at uh, twenty five. Made made the semis and yeah. then took the deep six at thirty three. I don't think he all American. He, he did not. He lost in the round of twelve. To, I believe Cade Brock. Cade Brock, yeah. And then last year he made the finals. Whip it. He had five minutes and thirty seconds of riding time over Sebastian. Rivera. Yeah, he didn't. He, he was supposed to redshirt last year. Time. He came out late in the year. Went undefeated going into NCAA's, and everybody kept saying, "Yeah, but he hasn't—he hasn't really beaten anybody just yet. Nobody really good." Well, and we saw Rivera beat Lee twice, of course. So we're like, "Come on, hot dog!" And then Mueller just do what he did up to the finals at the NCAA tournament was phenomenal. My thing: if Mueller can maintain the weight and hold, if one twenty nine is not an issue, and he wrestles it all year, and it's not an issue, I don't know. I can't pick him. I—I I can't pick him confidently. Not penciling as the him finals. in as a finalist, but I mean. He's. I think he's more favored to final to be a finalist than Rivera or Pitch, and I love Pitch. I'd like to see a, a, a finals of Spencer Lee and Sebastian Rivera. We'd love it. You got any dark horses at this weight? I do. I got one dark horse at this weight. And um, how are we defining dark horses? Uh, outside the top twelve. I'd okay. Say. All right. Is that is that fair? Whatever. Whatever you want. I'm so good. I got. Um, he's a freshman from NC State, and his name's uh, Jacob Camacho. Um, twenty six. Camacho. Camacho. There's, there's no K in there. It's Camacho. <laughs> Camacho. Not Camacho. Not Camacho. Or whatever you said earlier. It's Camacho. I think it's Camacho. Um. Anyways, I got him as a dark horse. <laughs> I don't know his name. Um. I think he's ranked around twentieth. Um. Uh, Open Matt has him at uh, thirteen. Oh wow. Okay. So, so way to go out on a limb and pick uh, the guy right after the top twelve. Well, he he's ranked twentieth by flow, and um, twenty six and two is a retro freshman. Uh, he won the National Collegiate Open, had a win over Joey Melendez, made the scuffle finals. I like him. And I'm not going to always pick two, but there was another guy I really want to mention. Another, And you're not going to mention him, so don't worry. Go ahead. Fabian Gutierrez. 
He's uh, from University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. He split time with Al- uh, Alonzo Allen last year. Yeah. He was a national qualifier. Yep. He's got wins over Melendez, Shakur, Laney, Allen, and Brandon Courtney. Uh, Allen. Alonzo Allen. He had wins over oh, the guy oh, that ended see, up yeah, starting yeah, yeah, over yeah, him. Yeah, gotcha. Um, I like him, uh, even though he's ranked 25th, I, I like him as a dark horse. All right. What like about, what's your dark horse looking like? Honestly, I'm not sure I have a dark horse at this weight class. There's a couple a couple of things I, I would like to – I'm interested in seeing. Um, one of those is Stanford's 125-pounder, Gabe Townsell. Uh, this oh, is a guy yeah. – look, he's a senior. He's a three-time national qualifier. Um, I believe he just competed for the United States at the U23s. This is a guy that – I don't know if a lot of people recall, but his freshman year, he wrestles at the scuffle, and he has an amazing, an amazing tournament. Oh, I mean, yeah. It, I think he lost two matches at the scuffle. He lost a match to Darian Cruz, and then he lost a, ma- a match to Jack Mueller. But look at who he beat that freshman year at the scuffle. Piccinini, Dylan Peters, Nathan Kreiser, who I think was an All-American that year. Um, you Wait, know, he, he, beat, he beat Pitch? He beat Pitch, Peters? Dylan Peters, and Nathan <laughs> Kreiser that year. I mean, and everybody's like, who is this I dude? remember that. He you had know? a gnarly scuffle, dude. Absolutely. You know, just... And people expected great things out of him, and we just haven't seen him get it done at the national tournament. So I am curious to see what he can do this year in his final season. You know, last year he was 19 and 12, um, probably his most underwhelming season. A little pedestrian. Yeah, I would say it's the most, you know, of, 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 of his three years as a starter. And then another guy, another freshman that I'm excited to see um, is Joey Melendez from North Carolina. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think Melendez, you know, he was another guy that had a great. Red shirt year last year, um, great pedigree, could do a lot of great things. So I guess that would be my two dark horses. I love those dark horses, man. Gabe Townsell, how about that scuffle? I was shocked to see him representing us at the U23s. Yeah. Of all the people Hell yeah. that we have at that weight. Dude can scrap, though. That's Absolutely. The, the dude can scrap. He can scrap and he can rap. He can scrap and rap. I heard, yeah, I heard he got a little He's bit He's all of about his music. In fact, I've listened to some of his music. Did you? Yeah, it's pretty damn good. All right. It's pretty damn good. I think you would like it. I think you especially, out of all my friends, would like it the most. All right. Um, 133. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's Seth Gross, right? I mean, it, it's, it's Seth Gross. He round of 12 as a uh, um, freshman at uh, South Dakota State. Um, then, uh, then he took second, and then he won it. And then he took a, a year off, and now he got his uh, got his uh, his eligibility back for one more year because um, he was remember it was originally an Iowa guy mm-hmm. and and transferred and he's wrestling for Wisconsin and um, yeah he was he was he was dominant when he won it um, uh, a couple years ago and I think he beat uh, uh, Michik like thirteen to in the eight finals I mean majored him yeah. in the finals yeah so I, I got Seth Gross um, his, his last year he was or his last year he wrestled he was twenty nine and one. Only lost Bryce Meredith in that super match. Remember that? Oh yeah, when he bumped up. So I got Gross winning it. Um, and I, I, yeah, why don't you pick your pick yours and I'll go Dark Horse. As things stands right now, Seth Gross has to be the pick. Um, I'm still, I still have this gut feeling that we we see Nick Seriano not redshirt the entire year. I don't think Nick Seriano wrestles 125 if he does, even though he's wrestling 57 kilograms. You like him going 33? I do like him going 33. I mean, that's where he was last year, right? Right. Interesting. But he was 25 the year before. And so he goes 33 last year, and what did he do? He won it. He won the national title. Um, I guess it's the fanboy in me that hopes he comes back, because I would love to see a super match between Gross and Nick Seriano. Hell yeah. Um. Gross is funky, and he's so good on top, and he can put you in those just weird he situations. Turns 
Seriano's hard to score on, great defense, hard to ride, gets in on people's legs. I mean, here's a guy that you know has taken down the likes of Thomas Gilman and those type of wrestlers. Right. He struggled with Michik, though. He lost one and, beat, and then he beat Michik. Correct, correct. Um, and look, Michik's is the real deal, dude. He's tough, he's tough as could be. I know. He, he, Michik's better than he was when he got beat 13-8 to 8 by Gross. I agree. Last year. So as it stands right now, Seth Gross, the way things are out, um, if Suriano does come back and he's really you know got his head on and all that ready to go, I might be inclined to pick Suriano in a match between him and Gross. Would you really? Yeah, I think so. All right. 141. No, Dark Horse. Oh, Dark Horse, yeah. Go Casey, ahead. Casey Cobb from Navy. He's ranked 19th in the country right now. 26-11 and 11 last year. Didn't even qualify for the NCAA tournament. However, he's got wins over Anthony Tatulo, Colin Val, Val, what is it, Valdiviez, who I think made the round of 12 like two years ago when he got into the tournament as a late guy. And he beat Gary Joint this year from Fresno State. Um, I, like, I, liked, I liked his record. Uh, even though he didn't qualify. So I think that keep an eye on Casey Cobb. I think that guy could definitely make the NCAA tournament and win some matches. All right. Um, we already talked about him, but if the lineup shakes out the way we do think it is, Gavin Teasdale is the dark horse. He's not ranked oh, right now. Yeah. But if DeSanto ends up going up to 41 and Teasdale's the 33-pounder, and if you know the rumors are true and he's really looking good and really got things going for him, I think Teasdale could uh, place very high in this weight class. I totally agree with you. I think that it's hard to argue that. If that's not the case, I know he's. It's not. It's a guy that's not outside the top twelve. I think Open Matt has him at twelve. Mario Guillen from Ohio University. God, I'd love um, to see that guy. Get loved on the watching him wrestle in high school. He's really, really tough. I'd like to see him do. He things. was a dark horse for me like two years ago, and he just hasn't quite, you know, made the jump that we wanted to make. But maybe he does this year. We'll see. I mean, right now he's, you know, ranked in the top 15 by pretty much all the ranking publications. We'll see how he does. Good, good. Uh, 41 is your choice, my friend. You and I are going to pick the same mother freaker. Man, this is tough. I'm going to go Nick Lee. Yeah, me too. I, I, me too. Nick Lee is really, really good. Um, I think his best... Opponent, even though Dom Demas beat him last year, I think Luke Pletcher will probably give him the best match. Nick Lee strikes me as a guy that, even though Demas beat him last year, and Demas, I I, I don't know how many times he hit him with the inside trip. Three Ooh. times, maybe it was a lot. But Nick Lee strikes me as Come a guy. Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. That would be correct. Um, but Lee does strike me as the guy, especially with that coaching staff and the type of guy that he is, that he's going to learn from that loss. And oh, he's been th- training with Kyle Snyder. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think we see uh, you know Demas hitting those trips on him like he did last year. So I, 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 I think we're going to see some great battles between Pletcher and Lee throughout the season. But I like Lee right now to you know to win one forty one. What do you think? Is there anybody at one forty one that's beating Joey McKenna and Kevin Jack and a slew of other studs? No, it's Nick Lee. Nick Lee's done that. He's finished fifth, I think, in the country. Twice. Yeah, twice. Um, he's 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 my favorite, even though I do believe if you just go straight by rankings right now, Pletcher should take over the number one ranking because Demas did beat Nick Lee last year, and Pletcher beat Demas. So Pletcher should be number one. I would ranked. agree. I would yeah. agree. But I, I still pick pick Lee to, to, to win it. My dark horse, though. Or do you want to go ahead with yours? No. And the biggest reason why I could – I could definitely pick Pletcher right now. I just need to see more from him at this weight class see to see it. how Let's he see handles. Yeah. yeah, more from him. That that's it. That that's maybe that's maybe why. Pletcher's so short and stocky that Lee's pace is just he keeps on shooting, but he can't get through that head hands and Pletcher counters him. We'll see. Totally possible. We'll see. I remember uh, Roman Bravo Young really pushing that pace against Pletcher last year in the duel. 
I think RBY beat him in the duel. Yeah. You know, and it's that's what worries me, that pace. But then Pletcher countered him and beat him twice. He did. He did. So, I think uh, he beat him at Biggs. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that. Um, Who's your dark horse? My dark horse here? So, I love Real Woods, but I think everybody knows who he is, right, from Stanford. So, I'm going to go with a guy that is not a lot of people might know about who I think is actually very solid. And let me tell you why. It's Corey Shee. He's from uh, Cincinnati LaSalle. He's an Ohio guy. Three-time state placer. Never a champ. He's at Army? Yeah, he's, Army. he's at Army. Yeah, he's at Army. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Um, never a state champ from Ohio. He's got some great wins. He was a national qualifier last year. He's got wins over Sam Turner, mm-hmm. Trenton Moran, and Peter Lapari. Mm-hmm. You know, all three national qualifier Cole guys. Lepari. Yeah, yeah, Lapari. But Sam Turner and Trenton Moran, especially, very solid, solid wrestlers. Lapari is as well. Um, but Corey Shee... I think that he could be a dark horse, and I'm not just in this weight class a dark horse All American candidate, and I'm not joking. Okay, I, I, look, I I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Yeah. Um, who you got it? Who who's your dark horse at 41? I love picking these like freshmen and redshirt freshmen and stuff as these dark horses. Um, Cole Matthews from Pittsburgh. Oh, Cole Matthews from Pittsburgh. He was one yes. of the most fun guys I've ever seen wrestle at the Ironman tournament. In fact, what a there pick, was an Brandon. amazing match. I think it was Cole Matthews, and I think it was Mario Guillen. Yeah, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, they had one of the greatest <laughs> flipping scrambles I've ever seen. It was awesome. Um, Matthews is such a phenomenal wrestler, and I think he's been overshadowed by some of these you know, bigger and greater recruits. Even right. though Matthews was a, was a big, big time recruit nice himself. Iron Man champ, if I'm not mistaken. Did he win his senior year? I don't remember. He, I know he lost he be, to Gian. Oh, he lost? I think he that lost was in the finals. Gian. I think he lost to Gian in the finals. I think Gian won it. Okay. Because I was, I was remember being like, oh, Ohio got him. Yeah, I think, I think you're right there. But anyway, I like Cole Matthews. You know, last year in his redshirt year, he was 21-4. and four. He had multiple wins over, you know, Quinn, uh, Quinn Kenner from Ohio State. Um, good win. He had wins over Cameron Kelly. That's a good win. Um, and he's beating up on Ohio. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had a great, you know, he beat beat Evan Cheek. Um, he's another guy that's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, so, in his losses, we're not bad when you look at his redshirt year. Usually you see guys with, with losses and you're like, who are these guys? But Couple his losses, scratchers. I mean, you know, uh, DJ Fellman from Lock Haven uh, is one of them. Solid dude, uh, Kyle Shoop, he lost to Shoop. Um, Chris Debian's a little, you know, that's a, that's a questionable one. And, and then he lost to Nick Lee. And that's all his losses were in redshirt. I like Cole Matthews to be a dark horse. I want to see Cole Matthews and Corey Shee wrestle right now. I think that would be an awesome match. Absolutely. <laughs> that it would, would be. be fun. That would be fun. All right, 149, it's my choice. And you know who I'm going with, baby. You know I'm going with that. Sammy Sasso. Oh, 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 oh. 19. You're so excited about Sasso. <laughs> by the way, by the way, so. Yeah, I drafted him second in the league. No, it's okay. Second, uh, second round, sorry. I was like talking at home about, oh, Sammy Sasso. I can't wait to see him, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Dominic's like, yeah, he's pretty good. He's an asshole, though. Oh. My my boy went to the Ohio State wrestling camp this he summer. Said he was an yeah, asshole? and Sammy was one of the counselors. And I guess uh, Dominic asked him. He was like, "Hey, can you show me something or whatever?" And Sasso just looked at him. He said, "That's basic stuff. You should already know that." And walked away. Oh, like, damn it, Sasso! You son of a bitch! I paid money for that camp. I know. Don't tell me that because I love that kid. He got his black sweats. He got his black sweats, dude. You know he's a knucklehead. He's a, he's a. <laughs> you he, called him a knucklehead. He, well, every 19-year-old kid's a knucklehead. He's a hard-nosed dude. All right, anyway. All right, dude. He's 19-2 and two as a red shirt. Wins over Maruka, Lugo, Pantaleo, Hank Polmeyer, Brayton Lee, Evan Cheek, beat Kanan Sword, Nate Limix already this year. Dude is solid. Last year, his only losses were to Micah Jordan and 
um, to Corey Teamer, and the, the, the Corey Teamer loss was a <laughs> was a was a little questionable. So, I mean, it's hard after watching that Canis store dismantling not to pick for me to pick Sasso in a wide open weight class to be my favorite. And you know what? That might be a little bit because I like the Buckeyes, but also I watched Michael Jordan dismantle O'Connor. I, you know, why can't Sasso do the same? Who you got at 49? As the weight stands right now, I think Sammy Sasso is the odds-on favorite to win this weight class. I really do. When you look at the, you know, the, the top five, six guys, Austin O'Connor, uh, Sasso, a guy like Brock Mahler, Jarek Deegan, um, all great wrestlers. Um, let's not forget about guys like Zacherl and, and Boo the Wallen. Boo the Wallen, if healthy, can, yeah, can win this weight class. Um, but... Who do you think is the who do you think is this, uh, toughest toughest uh, um, um, competition? Because I think it's Mahler. I, I would say Mahler. If O'Connor's healthy, it's between Mahler and O'Connor. Yeah. Now, don't forget Jared uh, Deegan. If I'm not mistaken, is like six foot five. Yeah, he's okay. Funk. He's and funky. Placed really high last year. Yeah. Um, but like I said, as I said, as it stands right now, Sammy Sasso, the most head scratching red shirt to me was Kolodzik. Okay. It's the absolute most head scratching red shirt this year is Kalodzik. I don't think I think it's related to school. I think he has to take not has to, but I think this is the year that Princeton guys do their um like do their uh what's it called? Like externship. Well, he just went four and at the Princeton Open this weekend. I know, but he but I'm saying like he, he has to like do an externship and like actually like He's not even enrolled in school. Real, that's he's, what I mean. He's, he's doing like a, he's working for like a hmm. probably some company that's the first time I've heard that. Um, I've heard from some people in the wrestling media that they feel he just likes freestyle and he's taking this as an opportunity to wrestle freestyle. Really? But if what you said is not the case, this weight class has cleared out. Kolodzik would be the co-favorite in this weight class. Three-time All-American, what, seven three five? Yeah, I mean, he would okay. be up there. He'd be up there. Um, I mean, O'Connor he, would be. O'Connor, I think, beat him last year, didn't he? I don't know. Yeah. Um uh, Whether so, or not he beat him, I think he finished higher. I think him. if Kalodzik would to come out a red shirt, it would be a toss up for me. But yeah, as it stands now, Sammy Sasso, absolutely, and that's not a homer pick. That's just he's that good. And this weight class is kind of this weight class historically is nails, but it's really trimmed down this year. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how you can call it a homer pick when you, after you've seen what Sasso's done. Um, dark horse for me, Mason Smith from Campbell. Formerly from Central Michigan. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Wins in 2017-2018. Tommy Thorne, Sidarian Perry, Mike Carr, Tyler Smith, Cole Weaver, Nate Lemmicks, Hank Pohlmeyer, and Brett Moore. The dude has got some legit wins. He's, I think, a two-time national qualifier for Central Michigan. Then he transferred to Arizona State. Didn't wrestle there one match. Now he's back at Campbell, I think, for his senior year. Uh, I like Mason Smith to make some serious noise as a dark horse this year. All right. uh, no, it's a fair point. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that kept Sammy Sasso off the real team this year, and that's Brayton Lee. And I think him and Sasso are going to have some battles. Brayton Lee, freshman from Minnesota, I think um, he's just as good as Sammy Sasso. Ha- has that pedigree, amazing high school career, beat Sammy Sasso this summer, kept him off the real team. What was it, junior real team trials? Yeah, um, Yeah. Um, I think Brayton Lee can have a very, very big year this year. I think Brayton Lee All-Americans this year. I I, Could I, be. I I love that pick. I love that pick. All right. Uh, what, my turn? 57? Yeah, 57. I'm going to go Ryan Deacon. And it's not because I have him on my fantasy. Whoa! Team. I'm going to go Ryan Deacon. 
Okay. Okay. Talk to, him. Talk to him about him. Is there anybody else in this weight class that's beat James Green? <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, you know, uh, he's a he's a world silver medalist, junior world silver medalist, um, all American last year. You know, K- he owned Caleb Young in the regular season. Caleb got him. Uh, you know, at, at the NCAA tournament, beat him twice. Um, but Ryan Deacon is that good. I think he's only getting better and will continue to get better. Um, I think of Hidley. When you look at the top three, Hidley, Young, and Deacon, I think Deacon has the best offense. Man, Mothman with those long arms. Deacon is legit, and I do think that he's my pick to win it. And that's saying a lot because Hidley is flipping good, really good. Yeah. So Hidley, I think, had four losses last year, right? I think he lost to Pantaleo a couple times. Obviously lost to Null. He had a head scratcher against uh, Larry Early. Yes. I believe. Yeah, Larry Early. I'm going to do the boring pick. And take Hidley. Okay. Okay. And here's and here's the reason. It's why. not a boring pick. He's never won the title. Right. And here and here's the reason why. I think I think th- that man is hungry. Okay. He he's he's beaten Pantaleo too as well at NCAs. He he lost to him I think um, um, at NCAs uh, in, in the in the consolation bracket. He was a mm, dare I say controversial call away from giving off all he wanted to win it. And, and you know what? You don't sleep well at night when you watch that. When you when you rewatch that in your head, um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Dude, he's hard to score on. He's got great yeah. underhooks, and he knows how to use those underhooks. He's an athlete too. I mean, Absolutely. dude is just a jacked mf an athlete. Um, I love Deacon. I love the pick. I almost went with him. I almost went with him, but I just I guess you know for me, almost maybe the sake of just uh. Choosing something different, give me. I'm a pencil and headlay. All right. Who you got for a um, dark horse there? Because I got one. I'm not. I'm not going to take the easy route. It'd be easy to say David Carr, who's ranked well, you know, yeah. down in the teens. Um, I'm going to go Jarrett Jocks from uh, Missouri. Jock Hughes. Yeah, you know Jock Hughes. However you say it. He really had an outstanding regular season last Excellent year. Choice. Even won the MAC tournament. He did not do so hot at the NCAA tournament. Um, I think he even went zero and two, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe one and two. Um, but he is really good, really athletic. You know, he's four time Missouri State champ. I, you know, what else can you say, dude? No pedigree. Actually. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a good wrestler. Um, he's currently ranked in the mid teens right now. Um, I like him as a dark horse. I don't consider David Carr a dark horse. I think he's ranked low because he hasn't had the results, yeah, obviously. Right. Um, David Carr could, could win this weight. You know, he really could. Oh, yeah, he definitely could. He definitely could. I, I think that Jock Hughes is, is, an, is an excellent pick. Um, I didn't go with him as my dark horse. Oh, I know who you're going. No, you don't. Oh, I do. Justin Ruffin. Who is that? Justin Ruffin from Southern Illinois University, I'm Edwardsville. Kidding. All right. NCAA qualifier last year. He kind of faded towards the end of the year, but did win a match at the NCAA tournament. Four-time Georgia State champ. I like the pedigree here for Coach Bates. And I'd also just, it'd be nice to see SIUE get an All-American. He's only a sophomore. I like Justin Ruffin as my dark horse. Word. I like it, dude. I like it a lot. 65, man. Kick it off. I love this weight class. I love this weight class so much, dude. And I really do. Hey. I honestly think anybody in the top six could win this weight. You know who I'm going with. Of course. Vincenzo Joseph. It's a very safe pick, man. He's done it all. Except beat Alex Marinelli. 
He hasn't wrestled as wet, but he's done it all except beat Alex Marinelli. I think he does it this year. It is a safe pick. He's a two-time champ, three-time finalist. I think he figures it out. I do give him that little bit of a room bump for being in Penn State's room, you know. And you know, although he hasn't beat Alex Marinelli and he lost last year to Makai um, Lewis, I like him to end it as a as a three-time three-time NCAA champ. Tell me you're going with somebody different. I am. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with, with Marinelli, man. And I know I'm going to go with the Bull. Look, last year he had an amazing regular season. I think he went into NCAAs undefeated, the number one seed. But the road, his he had the worst draw in all of the entire, he wrestled the entire NCAA Smith tournament. First round, right? And, yeah. And the, was it a pigtail? No. Uh, Smith had a pigtail, oh, then he yeah, wrestled great. Marinelli. And then, you know, he beats Joe Smith. Then after that... You know, he's got somebody. Then he's got Makai Lewis, all right? Loses to Makai Lewis. Uh-huh. What was the score of that match? Do you remember? It was 3-1. It was 3-1. Yeah, tight. It was three to one. No, Makai got him on a takedown on the edge. Yep, 3-1. to one. You know, it, it was a real tight takedown, too. Like, real close, go-behind type takedown. You know, then after that, you know, he, he, he rebounds. He gets a win over Logan Massa. And then, unfortunately, he runs into Chance Marsteller, who was having a great tournament. Marsteller got him good. And then he beats uh, Stewart from Northern Iowa for... For seventh and eighth, I think Marinelli was way, way better than the seventh place that he took last year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It just, it just didn't work out for him. I like him this year. I really do. I like him to get it done this year and win a title. I'd love to see him versus Joseph in the finals. Absolutely. So, if I told you there was a guy in this weight class with wins over Anthony Parati, Blaze Butler, Brian Murphy, and Chad Wolfi Major, what would, what would you say? Run them by me one more time. Parati from Rutgers. Blaze Butler. Blaze Butler from where? From Virginia and then transferred to Missouri. Remember him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Murphy from Michigan. So if you told me, what would I say? And Chad Walsh. I'd be like, what did this dude take like six red shirts? I was <laughs> those guys are old. Yeah. Who Aust- is it? Austin Matthews. Oh, tra- Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado. Yeah. Who started at Clarion. Long. Uh, and then he went to Edinburgh. <laughs> He wasn't a Clarion. Yeah, he oh, was. He started he was a national qualifier oh, for Clarion. <laughs> he was a national qualifier for Clarion. Yeah, he was pretty good at Edinburgh for a while, but long history of injuries. Yeah. He's ranked 14th in the country right now for, for, for Troy Nickerson's Bears. All right. I mean, tell me that dude doesn't have a couple good wins on his resume. He does. That's <laughs> yeah. a good pick. That's, so, a good, that's a good pick. That's my that's my dark horse, ladies and gentlemen. A guy who's beat per, Machine Gun Parati, Butler, Brian Murphy, and Chad Walsh. <laughs> like, I think before we even started going to the NCAA tournament. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a long time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he was a senior when I was a freshman. All right. I'll just take Kennedy Monday, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Right. 74, man. Uh, I think that's you, baby. Oh, is it me? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm not going to pick him. I, I can't pick him, and I refuse to pick him, so I'm going to pick Michael Kimmer. <laughs> I'm not picking Mark Hall. I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. And I'm so pissed off that Zahid went up to 84. Oh, wanted to <laughs> I wanted to see a third, two, three, yeah. third time in a row. All going to get him bookends. Buddy. But if Kimmer is legit, healthy, and recovered, Knees are good, elbows are good, hips are good, whatever else is good, toes, fingers, you know, and he's grown into that weight. Michael Kimmer is every bit as good of a wrestler as anybody in this weight class. Oof. And I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Kimmer. All right. Give me Mark Hall. I mean, that dude's just done pretty much everything. He wanted as a freshman. So you picked three Penn State guys so far to win. I know. This. It was controversial. He wanted as a freshman over Bo Jordan. Then he's taken second twice. I think he's gonna bookend it this year. 
Um, I don't think he's going to be touched. You don't? I don't even think that. I, I think it's going to be ugly at times. Mark Hall style means a lot of close matches. All it takes is one guy, one guy to be able to finish a takedown on him at the end of a match. Uh, how many close matches has Jordan Cutler had against him? I mean, lots. A couple. A couple. I don't think Cutler's ever been really close to taking him down, but he keeps matches close, which means he can lose matches. But I don't blame you for picking him. Who you got as a dark horse here? Ooh. Just, eh, well. You know who I'll go with? You know with? what? I'm... All right, go ahead. I'm going to break the, break the rule, all right? Uh, going off the open mats rankings, I know he's not outside the top 12. I think Anthony Valencia coming off of a red shirt. There up, you go. Up, up a weight where, where he is pro- probably better suited for. I think he was cutting a lot of weight when he was at 60, 65, when his brother was at 74. Um, he's currently ranked 11th right now. I think he is a dark horse that he could really place high at this weight. Really place high. Oh, I, so, yeah, I, that's I my dark horse. I, I, I broke the rules, you. but I'm going to pick him. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that, you know, I think he finally gets it done and does All-American. Um, a guy I have is a, a former All-American is Brandon Walmack. Um, You know, he, All-American, he took uh, eighth as a sophomore. Peterson. You know, Peterson is Peterson way is to way, an All-American. Even though he was 36 and 11. Uh, as, a, as a junior, he was a national qualifier, and last year he was around a 16. Um, you know, he's won matches at the NCAA tournament, won some big matches at the NCAA tournament. He's had some really tight losses. If he can flip one or two of them, I think that he could get back on that podium. So Brandon Walmack's my um, dark horse there um, for 184. I mean 174. I was curious about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, speaking of 184, um, I, I think this is a heat all day. Oh, all day, baby. I mean, uh, Valencia's been one of the— It was my choice, so I'm going to go as a heat. Same here. He's been one of the greatest <laughs> college wrestlers I've ever had the pleasure to watch. God, he's so much fun to watch. Let's let's talk about him for a little bit. Go ahead. Have we ever seen a dude with a better level change? No. I mean, at least, I mean. Honestly, no. I, I think he's got one of the greatest level changes ever. Yeah. I mean, we watch a lot of wrestling. And not only do we watch a lot, a lot of wrestling, we're not one of those people that have just started watching wrestling. I'm talking legitimately from a long time. I've never seen dudes just fall over top of other guys with how good his level change is. And I think what it, the reason why it's so great is because of how long his arms are is that he doesn't have to have this huge penetration step. All he has to do is lower his level, and boom, they fall into his arms. He is such a technician, such a tactician, a scrambler, a guy who is beaten. I mean, Mark Hall would be a multiple-time well, Mark Hall would have two more NCAA titles as if the Heat Lancia didn't exist, and it Agreed. wouldn't even be close. That's how good this guy is. I cannot wait to watch him finish this season. The question is, and I know this isn't Dark Horse talk, but can anybody challenge him at 184, Brandon? Can anybody challenge him? I don't know. Let me. I'll get to that in just a se- second. Um, Go ahead. I, th- I think everything you said about Zahid is absolutely correct. Um, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Regarding his level change and especially his his reach with his arms, um, he's he's very explosive, and he's a guy that he looked huge at 174. He really looked like he was sucking a lot of weight. Looked as in physically, but his wrestling never looked like that, with the exception of one match, and it was his first loss last last year in the duel to, with Penn State when he lost to Mark Hall four to nothing. When Mark Hall. Counted that was him, a beat down. Counted him, took him down, and basically rode him. Rode him. Rode him, rode him, rode him. Rode him like a dog. Yeah. Lost four to nothing. Um, and a lot of people were scratching their heads at that, saying, wow, what's wrong with Zahid? And then later in the season, he gets pinned by Daniel Lewis uh, in the Missouri duel. Cradled up. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was almost like a standing cradle. It, 
I mean, he it was an amazing cradle. Yeah. And that's what Lewis did. So, so people started to doubt Zahid. And then you get to the NCAA tournament, man, and he flips that Daniel Lewis. I mean, he majored Lewis 11-3 to at the tourney. Um, and then he goes out and he beats Mark Holligan 4-3. to Zahid is just... Controversial takedown, but... You ask, can anybody at this weight challenge him? I think the bigger question is, what weight is he going for the Olympic team trials, and can he challenge someone there? Oh, he's he going 86. 86. And no. Not at all. He can't beat David Taylor or Jaden Cox. I'm, well, Pat Downey's right now. He's the top man at 86. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Um, I think he's a year or two away. I think maybe even size-wise he might be yeah. a year or two away. And, and I don't disagree with you right there. Um I think it's going to be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. As far as your question goes, can anybody challenge him at this weight class this year? This weight class historically has been extremely tough. It has cleared out so much. Oh, my God. This is so the new much. 97. Right. Um, your number two ranked guy has been Darmstadt, who was an All-American at Cornell his freshman year um, at 197. Sure. Solid guy, but, I mean, you know, guy that Colin Moore beat the shit out of. He did. What Darmstadt, what I'm curious to see here, Darmstadt is going to have so much more leveraged and reach and length than anybody else in this weight class. He's super tall. What's he? He's he's well above six foot. Right? Oh, well above, well above. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be able to challenge him at this weight class. I really don't. I I, I think he walks. I, I do too. Um, and I don't even know who I would consider the second best guy at this weight to be. Maybe maybe Taylor Vans or Shakur Rashid. Well, you know, Vince didn't even All-American last year. You I know. know he took fourth as a freshman. But we know what Vince right. did. Right, uh, exactly. He took fourth as a freshman, didn't All-American last year. Um, Shakur Rashid, maybe? Or maybe. do we see a guy like Hunter Bolin or Louis Dupre make a huge jump? Hunter Bolin possible. is extremely uh, intriguing to me. You know who I'm really intrigued by, who, who I think is going to do really good? Nino, Nino Bonacorsi. Nino Bonacorsi. I would yeah. not be surprised to see Nino um, in the finals opposite of he, depending on brackets. Um, so yeah, I, I, no, nobody at this weight is going to challenge him. No, not at all. You're right. But I think, would it surprise you, look at, look at the rankings right now, would it surprise you if a sophomore is opposite him? So sophomores, we have Bonacorsi, Bolin, Dupre, and then Cam Caffey. It wouldn't surprise me if one of those four is on the opposite side of him. Now I know we were talking Darmstadt, Gear, and Rashid, and Vens, but it wouldn't surprise me if Bonacorsi or Hunter Bolin... I'd be extremely surprised if Cam Caffey, All-Americans. I think he's good, but I don't even see him on the podium this Okay, year. okay. But, you um, know, but let's look at the other three that right. I mentioned. Dupre, Bolin, and Bonacorsi. No, I mean, uh, this weight class is just weird. This whole, this uh, all the weights are this just weird this year because of all the red shirts. The red and shirts, yeah. red shirts and weights clearing out, and you don't know what's going to happen here and there. I don't know who I would consider the second. Don't even don't forget about Dakota Gear, the guy right. that pushed Chandler Rogers right. out of the lineup last year. He, when everybody thought it was going to be Jacoby Smith and Joe I Smith know, dic- dictating know. thing, you got Greer, the only guy He's of those guys to go all American. The only guy all American. So you're right. I don't know, man. You're right. But yeah, it, it's the heat all day. I I'll tell, tell you, you a good match, though. Yeah, go ahead. Darmstadt and Shakur. Oh my God! Just some long ass arms. You know Darmstadt's favorite move too, the assassin. Yeah, oh. and and, and um, Shakur with the cradles. Shakur's been known to cradle a dude. Oh man, I, I want to see that. Shakur's been known to cradle a dude. You know what he's also been known to do? 
get his ass beat by Chip Ness at the NCAA tournament. Getting, getting, what was it called? Uh, what's the when you get taken down when you're in neutral? The danger. He got taken down. Da- he got. <laughs> what's danger. it called when you get taken down in neutral? Well, they call it a takedown. No, it's they the, yeah, two points. They danger ruled him for two and four. Give me your. Oh, get off your freaking back, homie. All right, my uh, my, my dark horses. My dark uh, horses. Damn it. Go ahead. Uh, Trent Hidley. That's what my dark horse is. Trent Hidley made You him, stole he it. He made me be better than his brother. Dude, do you see his losses last year? Yeah. He's got a, a tight one to Joe Smith, and then he lost the McFadden 3-2 in tiebreakers. Oh, yeah. He's good. He, he's good. All right. Our dark horse. All right. That's 97. Not, it's not even a damn dark horse. He does it, baby. He does it. He does it this year. You think Colin Moore finally gets it done, huh? Col- Colin Moore gets it done. Who beats him? I don't know. I mean, Kyle Connell's back. He's beat him twice. Yeah, Kyle Connell had a really hell of a... I don't expect NCAA it to happen tournament. this year. I think Connell got really hot that, that NCAA tournament. He had Colin Moore's number. I mean, beat him fair and square. Great wins for him. Oh, very fair. Very square. Um, yeah, yeah, I think this is Colin Moore's way to lose. He's had an amazing career. What's he gone? 3-4-2? Three, 3-4-2. Four, three, four, three, four, two. Two. Four, two. And last year, he was dominant. Only losses what were to he did to, Yeah, what he did to Weigel last year in the semifinals when people were picking Weigel to potentially win was criminal. Oh, it was, it was majorly, absolutely criminal. Majorly. Yeah. Weigel couldn't get anything going. And didn't him and um, uh, Brucky wrestle last year? They wrestled uh, two years ago, and I think Colin Moore majored him. I don't know if they wrestled last year. Check it out real quick. I will. But anyway, yeah, it's Colin Moore's way to lose, um, and I think, he, I think he gets the job done this year. I'm not. I'm not sure they wrestled last year. I don't think they did. No, I, no, I think it was two years ago when he majored him. Who you got as a dark horse? Ninety-seven is just weird. Again, outside of, I mean, when you're you know fifth and sixth ranked guys are Tanner Sloan, Sloan and Eric Schultz. Now I know Sloan had a decent uh, Midlands, a great Midlands, and a great great redshirt season last year. It's just weird. I got a good dark horse. If you don't mind me sharing it. I'd say my dark horse is Jake Woodley from Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. You know, they just took uh, – Open Matt's got him ranked 17th. He's a tough dude. <laughs> I think people expected more from him last year. I he was know. a freshman. Right. He just took uh, Colin Moore to overtime at the Michigan State Open. I mean, what more can you ask after Colin Moore majored him the year before? So who's your dark horse? Hunter Ritter. Okay. Who From now, from Minnesota, right? Minnesota, yeah. Former Wisconsin guy. Um, the last time we saw him wrestle – he um he beat uh, uh Kevin Beasley or no excuse me that was an injury uh, uh win it was Bruner and Eric Schultz he beaten both of those guys um I think those are both solid wins you know not spectacular not all American style wins but guys that are we think are both solid um I think the Hunter Ritterer we might see that type of bump that uh Skaska got when he moved to Minnesota so give me Hunter Ritterer as my dark horse that's not bad I'll tell you what though. There's one guy at this weight who, if healthy, can absolutely make the finals, uh, you know, versus a Colin Moore. And I would love to see a match between them. And that's Nick Renan. You know, oh, Renan's yeah. bumping up to 97. I think he's ranked around, you know, around the 10 spot yeah, 10. for the open mat. Um, dude, this guy is really, really good. And if it hadn't have been for the the injury he suffered last year, that bad knee, the, the injury, knee, man. you know, it, he should have all. He American. wrestled through it, didn't he? He did. He wrestled through it all the way through the NCAA championships. Unfortunately, you know, he, he went one and two at the NCAAs. Yeah. It was just a bad injury. We're talking about a guy that made Final X at one point. Correct. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. Let's, let's, not, let's not be crazy here. Uh, Renan's a very solid guy. Good good, good call. Um, heavy, um, I think probably you and I got the same dude. Kassar, if, if Gable's not wrestling. If, at this point, Kassar, right? 
Even, if, like, even like, if Gable does wrestle, I like Kassar. And right now, it's, it's all mental and head game to me. I think Kassar is in the best place that any other that anybody could be in out there at Penn, Penn State with the coaches and the training partners. Um, Gable is, you know, he's got the you know those losses in his head from last year, and he's also dealing with, still with some of those legal issues. I mean, he's, he's, he's technically he's suspended right now from the team. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not breaking any news that isn't in no. the news. Gable Stevenson has been removed from the team. He's not on the roster, right. and he has not been charged with, but he was arrested for, um, at one point, a sexual assault. Correct. He was okay. arrested for it. They were released without charges. The investigation's yeah. been ongoing, and he's not on the team. He's not on the team. That's all. That's all we know. That we're not. We're not. We're not, we're not making any um, uh, opinions based on it. We're not saying anything other than what we know. Um, if he does wrestle, I tell you what, I watched him whip the shit out of Adam Kuhn. And I tell you what, he, he, he's going to definitely be a title contender if he wrestles. 100%. If he doesn't, that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for a young man. Um, if, if, if he made some poor decisions in his life, then, it, 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 then he deserves to you know, pay for those. And if he didn't, then he definitely doesn't. So I hope that whatever is the right thing happens. Um, of course. I mean, absolutely. You know, you and I were texting about this the other day. I really do believe that with the right draw – that Mason Paris can make the finals in this weight class if Absolutely Gable if, if Gable Absolutely. Stevenson is not wrestling. Well, the and, reason why Mason Paris can make the finals is because um, Conan Jennings is not no longer <laughs> with Northwestern. <laughs> you remember that last year? I do. God, I do. How many times did he lose to Conan Jennings? No, Mason Paris is an excellent wrestler. Um, and, and when I say excellent wrestler, I don't just mean he's good at wrestling. I mean he's a, a tactitional wrestler. He's got the goods to. Dare I say, challenge a Kassar. I really believe that, Brandon. I, I think it's a possibility. Um, the thing is, is Kassar is just as every bit as athletic. He's probably even stronger. Mason Paris has to develop more offense than just a carry. Um, he's got a great carry series. It's phenomenal. He just went out. He won a junior world title in dominating fashion. He just had, had an amazing first weekend at the Michigan State Open where he uh, beat the crap out of two top ten guys, including a guy that beat him in the round of 12 last year. I think it was the round of 12. Um, yeah, the round of 12 last year, uh, Matt Stencil. I can't believe Paris did an All-American last year. You know, Stencil got him. He pinned him in the round of 12 after uh, after Paris lost to uh, – remember that, that controversial loss to Sam Stoll? Yeah. When Stoll was just stalling. and Stalling yeah, him out. Yeah, walking oh, yeah, out. Lost there, Wasn't but, that early? That was like – uh, first round. First round. It was first round. Um, you know, but look at what what Paris did this weekend. Beats Matt Stencil nine to two. All right. Then he's got a couple of other wins, and then he beats another top ten heavyweight in Demetrius Thomas from Pittsburgh fourteen to three. Well, let me ask you this: Are you more confident that Jordan Wood, Mister Offensive, that's in quotes, has a chance to beat Anthony Cassar or Mason Paris? I think Mason Paris, we haven't seen a ceiling. I think we've seen Jordan yeah. Wood's ceiling. No, Mason Paris is – look, Jordan Wood is an excellent wrestler. Mason Paris is an athlete. Yeah, Jordan Wood is excellent, right? But he's not going to beat Anthony Cassar. No, I don't think so. I think so. Mason Paris can. I think that would be I think Mason match. Paris can. I, just would, I would not be surprised to see him make the finals opposite but, of but, uh, Cassar. But, but, but let's, let's bring it back to, so our Penn State fans don't hate us. Anthony Cassar is the – the prohibitive favorite, prohibitive favorite, and dominant, and, and and if Gable Stevenson isn't wrestling, I would be shocked if anybody beats him. But that doesn't mean that, that somebody can't. I doubted Kassar all year last year, even up to the NCAA finals, and I did not. And you know what? It goes back to that Spencer Lee thing. Look, dude, he looked great. He got the job done. He was 
he was amazing. So nah, he is the favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my my uh, my dark horse is, is somebody that you know near and dear to my heart, and I really hope that he does an excellent job this year. Um, and he's going to get a chance to do it. And it's Chase Singletary. Um, he won uh, two matches at the NCAA tournament last year. After losing his wrestle off, he had a pretty damn good year last year, beating a guy actually Mason Paris um, at, at one point, and also beating um, uh, the likes of uh, uh, you know David Jensen. Um, you know, wrestle a real close match with Derek White. Uh, I think that uh, Mason Paris, or excuse me, not Mason Paris, Chase Singletary, if he's on his game and he's wrestling well, has a shot to be an All-American this year. I like it. I think he does. Yeah, I like it. What about you? I don't have anybody this way. I'll go Singletary, too. There we go. Maybe Singl- Tate Orndorff. I don't know, from Utah Valley. Ooh, I, no, I, you know? hey, I, I like Tate Orndorff. I think he's a young think- guy, too. Yeah, he's a sophomore this year. I think he had some decent wins last year. He went 26-9 and last year, round of 16 at the NCAA tournament. You know, he, he did have some good wins. Joey Goodhart, David Jensen, um, shoot. No, those are names. Those, those are NCAA-type yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, those were good wins. Yeah, he had a really good season. So, yeah, maybe, maybe he can get the job done this year. Utah Valley has actually done very well the last couple of years. I, I, I love rooting for those types of programs, absolutely. Who's our adopted program this year? Last year it was Duke, right? Yeah, Duke. And I love Duke. I love Duke. Absolutely. You know, and obviously we had some ties to George Mason as well. Who are we going to run? Who are we going to run with this year, huh? I don't know either. I don't know. We got to think about that and come up with a... Let's find a team that we really started to enjoy watching. Okay. You know what? What? There's a team that's pretty near and dear to my heart. You and I. Yeah, but they're freaking good. I know, but Snod's going there. All right, all right. We'll talk about this another time. This podcast has already gone on long enough, uh, but we had a great time talking about this stuff. If you guys stayed for the whole thing, we hope you enjoyed it too. Ben, you got anything else? I got nothing. All right, guys, that's all we got for you. The Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode 102 is in the books. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro.